It's time for the franchise Thunder Insider Show. Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Brady Trantham, and Madison Morris. Real Thunder Talk for Real Thunder fans. 1077 the franchise. 1079 in Tulsa. This is awesome. We don't get a chance to do this as often, but we are actually on location today. We are uh, at the Colcord Hotel at Flint Restaurant, where we usually do our uh, pre- and post-games for Thunder Games. But today, uh, we're going to be doing a little pre-game for Oklahoma-Mississippi State, the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Uh, that coverage starts at 1230 here uh, on the franchise. Uh, the tip-off actually at 1 o'clock at Chesapeake Arena, which is why we're here at Flint. The lovely people of Flint have opened their doors and their hearts and their minds to the Franchise Thunder Insiders. Uh, get out here. There's a beautiful brunch menu. We're all perusing over the brunch menu. So uh, if this first segment is a bad, uh, is a bit uh, rickety, uh, that's because we are all looking over whether we want a rocket salad or uh, maybe the Tasty Beast. Uh, beast mm. standing for bacon, uh, egg, avocado, spinach, tomatoes. That actually looks really good. Sold. To you. Uh, or there's some chorizo. Uh, poblano and carameled onions on a queso fresco uh, sweet potato. That's the Santa Fe. I'm hangry. Skillet. Look at yeah. you. I'm like so Spitting out hangry. all the brunch words. All of that. Uh, get out here to Flint. A fantastic brunch. A fantastic place. A beautiful fire. It's cold outside and cozy up to the fire. I am TV's Jerry. John Hamm joins us. Brittany Trantham, Madison Morris. We are all fresh from last night as Trey Young came to Oklahoma City the one time that he comes to Oklahoma City because he plays for an Eastern Conference team, the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, you know what? Actually, I'll start with Brady because in the pregame conversation, Brady, the numbers that Trey Young were fantastic. He put up great, a great double-double, yet you somehow were somewhat unimpressed. Why it, was that? It, not, it wasn't that it was un, unimpressive. Trey Young is an impressive player. He's obviously an all-star. Um, some people would argue not deservingly so, but the fact remains that he is an all-star, and I think that Hawks put out, he is the first Hawks player in the last 45 years to be an all-star in his first two seasons, so, you know, well-deserved in that in that regard, but 7-20 of 20 from the field, 2-8 of eight from the three-point line, uh, did a lot of his damage scoring-wise from the free-throw line, which is good, you know, if you're not going to be able to put the ball through, um, in the hoop from the field, get to the foul line, but um, he did, he was able to showcase his uh, passing ability, I mean, 16, 16 assists, Season high, which kind of shocked me. I just, I, I guess, I just assumed that he would have had like a random nineteen twenty assist night. But he's still feeling his way out. Um, the Hawks are the Hawks, and um, outside of John Collins, then maybe, you know, a DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, like good night performance. You're not going to get that much of a scoring punch um, help wise outside of Trey Young. But hey, Lou Dort put the clamps down on yet another <laughs> All Star. I mean. What was it? First, your first NBA start, you're going to go up against James Harden. Hard. But, you know, he did a good job. I think he forced uh, six, the first uh, first six shots for James Harden that night. I believe he uh, forced into misses. Then he gets Evan Fournier, you know, a little bit easier Wednesday night. Did pretty well. And then you got to go chase Trey Young around. Lou Dort, good job. Yeah. Uh, have they considered playing defense in Atlanta? I mean, I'm, just, I'm throwing it out there. Like, for example, if you got in, like, let's say, a defensive stance, and let's say that you, for example, put your hand up in the opponent's face. I, I mean, I'm just throwing – I know this is wild stuff. This is money ball, probably. They're probably – their minds are blown right now. That is such a bad defensive team. And, I mean, I'll tell yeah. you, you know, 
the one thing that I credit OKC with this season, never have I ever sat down to do a podcast or a radio hit and had to say, you know, they just didn't play hard last night. This Thunder team goes out, plays hard every night. The Atlanta Hawks, it's a bunch of young guys that are trying to figure things out, but man, not they're not even getting that veteran support, right? That go out and, and tell them how to be pros. They're just getting, you know, waxed off the floor. Yeah, I don't no. get it. No, yeah, I agree with this Atlanta Hawks team. I mean, the only thing that I really liked about this game last night was obviously the way that people responded to guys like Trey Young, even though he had that kind of off start. But also, this Hawks team kept it a little bit of a game, especially in the first half. I mean, the game was tied at least four times. They really kind of made a run there. there at the end of the first quarter, kind of came back a little bit and posed a challenge for the Thunder there towards halftime. Um, I liked the way that the Hawks were playing, but honestly, I think – one team came out of the locker room ready to finish this game. One team did not. And I don't think Atlanta was ready to uh, carry anything over from the first half into the second. So, yeah, I agree with John. I think the Thunder team, they looked like they finally put together uh, a full 48 minutes for the first time in a while. And uh, they never really slipped up last night. So that was kind of a plus for the Thunder team. I think they're really taking a lot away from what they've been going through the past couple of months. And now they applied it to a not-so-great team last night. So I think that's exactly what they needed. So at the 348 mark of the third quarter, Cam Reddish hits a three. That brings him within two, within two points. It was 86-84 OKC. From that point forward through the rest of the game, OKC doubled them. OKC scored 54 points, Atlanta 27. Okay, well, I'm glad you did the math there because yes. there's, a double woman, there's no way I was going to figure like, that wait, out. Wait. Yeah. But, okay, to, to your point, though, the Atlanta team is put together with a whole bunch of first-rounders and, like, it's a lottery. Vince Carter. Lottery yeah, absolutely, yeah. right. Uh, but those young guys and Vince, has not, uh, <laughs> they haven't learned how to win. And, you know, a lot of numbers got put up. You look last night, John Collins had a big game. Cam Reddish, like you said, the numbers that Trey Young that I started off with and we talked about. But these guys have not learned to win. Um, Vince Young is not Chris Paul. And Vince Carter. Vince Young. Neither is Vince, Vince Young. Young. Vince, Vince Young is not Chris. He's not. <laughs> That's very true. I think, That's is, a declarative is, is, statement. Is he still unemployed? <laughs> Vince Carter is not Chris Paul. And we've, we started to learn here in Oklahoma City, no one is Chris Paul. The ability to bring a team together, not two guys, not three guys, not have chemistry with four. Let's go. Five, six, seven. Chris Paul has chemistry with eight or nine guys on this roster and makes every single one of them believe that they're special. He's kind of a player, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He just makes everybody play better. And that's something that Oklahoma City has with their young guys that Atlanta does not. Yeah. You know, it's. Chris Paul is a connector, right? He's the guy that comes in to the new job and like, hey, give me all your contact info and let's go hang out on Friday night. Why don't you come over? Let's let's get together. Let's play some board games. Let's so have some cute. drinks. Yeah, like that. I mean, that I think that's Chris's personality. That's his nature, yeah. right? Um, I don't know. I, I I don't get the sense that there's a lot of that going on with Atlanta or the NBA no. at, or at all. Yeah, no, I don't really. I, I mean, I haven't exactly. Uh, I don't know, zoned in on any of these other teams, especially just because covering the Thunder right now. Yeah, Chris Paul, he stands out as just a guy who he, I, I don't feel like he got that opportunity elsewhere when he was earlier on in his career, and especially in Houston. I think he 
he, he kind of has that role here in Oklahoma City, and that's what makes him so vital to this team because he comes in and he really takes care of these guys. He really kind of does like a mentoring thing almost, and I think he genuinely cares about this organization. He was even singing praises about the blue last night because people were asking about Lou Dort, and so he um, he just really recognizes the greatness that Oklahoma City organization is putting out right now. Yeah, it's, it's what I've been harping on all season. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's hard to talk in the morning. It's what, I'm, it's what I've been harping on all season with this Thunder team because you go into the year thinking, okay, they need to tank and be kind of in a similar situation with the Hawks where they have a ton of first-round picks uh, playing playing for their team at the time. But, again, that, just, that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to build yourself into a winner. Now, the Hawks still do have some optimism moving forward, even though like it's not really working out in the short term. But with the Thunder, with their young core, they're learning how to win. Whereas, Jerry, you kind of pointed out that they're not, they don't know how to win just yet. Cam Reddish doesn't know. Trey Young doesn't know. They're all figuring it out. And they very well could figure it out down the road. But at least for the Thunder moving forward with their young core and the guys that they're going to be drafting, they're in a winning culture and they're currently in a winning winning culture under Chris Paul, under Billy Donovan. And that's going to be good moving forward. Yes, you're not going to get a high lottery pick this year. That's going to come down the road, no question. But at least for now, Shagos Alexander, Hamadou Diallo, um, Darius Baisley, those guys understand how to make winning plays and winning uh, clutch moments, and that's invaluable to me. And so does Isaiah Roby. I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but he's also <laughs> just clutch. For, for the, not the insiders that, that get the joke, please, by all means, explain who Isaiah <clears throat> Roby is. Yeah, so the Thunder made a very minor trade yesterday, which has Twitter a flutter. It's funny, the <laughs> smallest of transactions, and people automatically want to know about it's taxes. Like Oklahoma City's doing things. It's, taxes. What about the tax? Are they out of the tax? Can they, are they paying more tax? Are they, what? <laughs> if Shams or Woj just say Oklahoma City, it's just, <gasps> oh, yeah, what? I know. Oh, my God. Or, yeah. or it, just Shams if you're blocked by Woj. Right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> hashtag. Justin okay. Patton was traded with cash to the Dallas Mavericks with cash. Yes. Literally, they put cash on him. Yes. They give him an envelope, him. Yeah. Give him an envelope and pinned it to his jersey. Give yeah. this to Mark Cuban when yeah. you get there. Just, just like picture day at school, right? So, uh, but yeah, to, to get back, uh, rookie forward Isaiah Roby, he assigned to a four-year deal with the Dallas Mavericks. He was a second-round pick last year. If you want to get down to it, it is like OKC bought a second-round pick. If this was at the draft, we would be talking like, oh, they just bought the 45th pick and took this guy. So uh, a- another uh, wing-type project prospect for them to work on. I just love that John said, do you want to get down to it? <laughs> to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> Can we just get to the bottom here? Yeah. Uh, before we get out of the segment, just uh, roundtable real quick. Do you believe in Trey Young? Five years, ten years, NBA All-Star. Is this real, or is this kid peaking too soon? No, I, I believe <clears> in him. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I Again, when he was at OU, I kept saying there's some things I think are going to translate to the next level. Uh, he's been able to do you know that and more. It's not just the passing. It's not just the shooting deep threes. Um, he is able to play basketball. It's just I it, don't cast like some permanent sort of uh, 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 as, yeah, descriptions on him now. Sure. Uh, give him a little bit of time. Yeah, I absolutely believe in Trey Young. Now, every single player, and that includes LeBron James, has flaws. So it's, it's going to be up to Travis Schlenk in the front office with Atlanta to understand Trey Young's flaws, and they're pretty obvious, and build around him to showcase like the best 
version of Trey Young possible. So, I mean, f- from an individual standpoint alone, uh, talent-wise, he's he's going to be fine. But for him to get to that next level, it's going to come down to uh, his front office to put him into a better situation. I didn't believe in him at first coming into the league because really? I'm so, I no 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 not in that aspect. Pistols I just, firing. No no no, no, no. Yeah, Here, Hang on, hear me out for a oh, second. Oh, you would. Hear me out for a second. So and it, I don't want to like say it has something to do with his size, but that's kind of the first thing that I thought. It was more of like okay, all of these incredible things that he's able to do in college basketball. These guys in the NBA have such a higher uh, basketball IQ than like college basketball players do so I just didn't think that it would work guys it's working he he was able to launch up that garbage three to start the third <laughs> quarter last night and it went in trash. and I'm like are you kidding me yeah, like, trash. no it was literally the ugliest shot I've ever seen but it went in and guys he's been proving it for the past two seasons now he's an all-star he's really leading Atlanta right now he is kind of the face of this organization for them and so I think he's doing it I think he's going to continue to do it and he's going to do it at a high level so he's, good for him he's the face not the hair the franchise 1079 in tulsa live from flint restaurant underneath the cold cord hotel uh come out here have some delicious brunch uh i know john is uh just waiting to get his hands i am chomping at the bit <laughs> on some brunch he uh, is angry i am angry <laughs> the ou sooners play the mississippi state bulldogs at chesapeake arena this afternoon sec big 12 challenge uh get out here and check that out when we get back we'll get more into what the oklahoma city thunder are doing right now uh you're listening to the franchise center insider show on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa oh nothing like the sound of putting on headphones in the morning <laughs> we're on top of things we are ready no we're not we're at the bottom of the cold court hotel <laughs> at Flint oh, restaurants no. we stayed here overnight <laughs> Started from the bottom. Now we're here. We had a sleepover. Here we go. Uh, yes, sir. We are fresh and uh, fresh faced. Everybody showered, maybe, uh, from last night. I did. <laughs> I didn't. Oh. <laughs> what do we get? What's the percentage of shower in here? Is it seventy-five or is it fifty? I, I don't look at you. I showered. Oh, it's hundred percent. I showered. Okay. Oh, Actually, back yes. in, back in studio, Matt Burton helping us out. Uh, Matt Burton, do you bring down the equation or did you shower? Oh, I brought down the equation. Oh. Oh. No way. I knew I was going to be here alone, so. <laughs> Burton's, Burton's like I haven't showered in four score in seven years single on purpose Matt Burton follow him at Matt underscore Burton 22 22 are the days that he goes between taking showers so <laughs> that's what 22 stands for uh guys the Oklahoma City Thunder it's a back-to-back and it's a weird back-to-back because it's a home away back-to-back against a team that they've seen plenty of and uh it looks like Carl and Wiggins are back doing their their own thing. Uh, still, it doesn't translate to wins again, John. Uh, but after a season high in points and everybody's patting each other on the back and having a great old time in the Chesapeake Arena, uh, jumping on a plane and going to uh, Minneapolis to play in a back-to-back, what do you see from uh, from tonight? Yeah, now, I mean, I guess the nice thing is Minnesota's also on a back-to-back. They've got one of those uh, home back-to-backs like OKC has had this season. Minnesota lost to Houston last night. Uh Russell Westbrook, by the way, forty-five points. Wow. That was that. That was a thing. Are you just throwing the random Russell? With, with, yeah, I'm just saying it's Thunder Insider Show. 
I love it. We're, no, you're great. Yeah, no. And, giving and you inside t- information on all things Thunder. <laughs> so if they can't stop Russell Westbrook, what are they going to do yeah. with Dennis Schroeder? No, but, great, great uh, point. Yeah, but Minnesota, look, uh, they just they traded Jeff Teague, who was in the, the building last night. Uh, they're, they're going with uh, LeBron James's favorite, Shabazz Napier, as the point guard right now. Look, I, I don't know. Um, if Minnesota is just, they're not a good team, and, and you're right. Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, they're going to get their numbers. But, I mean, it's sort of like the same problem with Atlanta. Who brings it on the defensive end for this team? It's supposed to be Robert Covington, but he can't do it by himself. So, um, you know, it's uh, even though OKC's on the second night of a back-to-back, some of the veteran guys got rest there towards the end of, of the game, and maybe that'll help. Yeah, Minnesota also on the second night of, the ba- of a back-to-back. I feel, like the, I feel like the Thunder have been real fortunate with their back-to-backs. They're also playing teams that are themselves on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but also, kind of what, what you just said, John, uh, SGA played 38 minutes last night, and I'm, I'm just in a 30-point blowout. Why is Shea Gillis Alexander playing 38 minutes? But he's th- 12 years old. He's exactly. Fine. <laughs> so I look, I look back. The Thunder have played uh, six back-to-backs thus far this season, and uh, the first night of those back-to-backs, like, stay with me here. The first night of those back-to-backs, as it's progressed through the season, SGA has um, his minutes have increased with each first night of that yeah. back-to-back. So there's that. Um, also with the Timberwolves, they've lost. They're on an eight-game losing streak. One of those games, I mean, a lot of these losses, twice the Pacers, uh, the Rockets, like we said, uh, the Nuggets. They also lost to the Bulls mm. on the road the other night. Oh, ouch. Um, but the danger with that is you're playing on the second half of back-to-back against a team on an eight-game losing streak. They're, they're due. And we know what Andrew Wiggins, uh, Wiggins is capable against Oklahoma City. But significantly worse Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota against the Thunder than he is in Oklahoma City. Significantly worse. The numbers are all dramatically worse. I usually step in here to give you a little bit more of a platform here, but I want Minnesota, I, tell me what you like about Minnesota, Madison. Uh, I like the fact that they, well, I mean, it's not even something to really like, but the fact that Minnesota does not have anyone backing up guys like Andrew Wiggins and Carl, uh, it just kind of shows <laughs> that they are lacking in talent right now. I think they're a good matchup for the Thunder because they always like present a challenge to this team every time they play them however i feel like the thunder are able to overcome it and get wins so that's good for the oklahoma city fan base um yeah it's just going to be interesting i i don't know i like um carl going up against guys like steven adams but steven adams is likely not going to play in this game so nerdless well he's had his time to shine i like the way he's been playing lately so i think that's a good one who else have you liked (laughs) guys can we all just like <laughs> hang on a second? Yeah. I'm gonna like scoot up yeah. in my chair. Okay. Yeah. Can we all talk about how fantastic he has let's, been lately? Let's do it. Let's hold, have hold, that combo. Can I set it up Guys. in a professional manner before oh, yeah, you just spit all over this thing? <laughs> Mike Muscat. Yeah. No. I because he, I see he, he's yes. a five star recruit for, uh, from rivals. Um, Sam Presti <laughs> went to his house. <laughs> But, Madison, you have been on the Mike Muscala uh, bandwagon for a long time now. Bandwagon. We all, no, we, all, we all looked and were like, this guy cannot play. This guy can't play a lick. You always saw something in him. I was faithful him. from the beginning. I know. And then just recently now, mm-hmm. uh, getting the minutes at the five spot, no less. Hey. He has come in and absolutely done a great job. Please, by all means, because you've watched every minute of him he playing. He absolutely has. There was that streak earlier in the season where he was not hitting anything. People were calling him trash. People were calling him the Kyle Singler 
Miller of Oklahoma City. It was so We were having to hold you back. Yes, like, because yeah. no one believed in him, and I still did because I knew he was capable of coming back and doing musky things. And that's exactly what he did. And so he's been playing super well. Obviously, if Steven Adams is not going to play tonight, it's going to be Nerland's Noel. Someone has to come in and relieve Noel after a while. It's going to be musky. And I love the way that he's been playing as of late. So yeah, you talked about that struggle. It was it was one of 19 from three to start that's the season. Struggle. That's and it was it was bad. But since then, it's been 25 games since that stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 and, and you know 14 minutes a night, shooting 40 percent from three. That that is a much larger sample than that one of 19. So that's really dragging it down for the most. That's part. exactly what Terrence Ferguson did last year, didn't right? He? Yeah. Would he start like one of? Yeah, it was really bad. It was terrible. And then terrible. he had a two month stretch where he was shooting 42 percent on like five attempts a Remember, game. Remember, Jacques Vaughn did this years ago with the Oh Atlanta my gosh, Hawks. that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my, that's when you even bring up Jacques Vaughn. Well, but no, you're right. Guys. Well, Dick Vitale is about to pop in through that door right there. <laughs> uh, Jacques Vaughn, no, like, baby! The thing with Muscala, like, he certainly has the shooting talent. Now, like, does the ball go through the hoop during the game? That's a different story. But if you have the shooting talent and you're on this team and you don't go through a good streak at some point, then you then you truly are trash because Chris <laughs> Paul, Chris Paul, Billy Donovan, like, the way this offense is set up, and especially with Chris Paul, they, he instills confidence so so well in his in his teammates. So that goes from SGA to rookies like Darius Baisley and guys that don't even get to shoot the ball that much like Lou Dort or Hamadou Diallo. Chris Paul has always said, and he's been consistent. If I pass you the ball, shoot the damn yeah, thing. Yep. And if you, again, if you if you're on this team with shooting talent and you can't put the ball through the hoop, then there is a problem. But uh, that instill that instilling of confidence is really showing out with Mike Muscala. And I mean, look the way just the Thunder offense runs. I mean, last night you saw like SGA get into the paint. And he was making some moves like he was going to put up a shot, and then Atlanta completely forgot that Danilo Gallinari existed. So it is the offense that opens up so many opportunities for guys like Gallinari and Muscala, and it's not one guy dictating everything. The hockey assists are in vogue in Oklahoma City this season. Can I rain on this just a little bit, just a tiny bit? What? That's not like you. Just a little bit. Just going to rain on this just a little bit. What is okay? We got two right now: Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, the guys that whenever they take a shot, you're like, "That's him. That's going in, right?" There's there's a decent chance. So many years, Thunder fans couldn't find one. They yeah. bring guys in, yeah. and they couldn't find one. And I'm telling you, it's hard. If you don't believe, <laughs> I mean, it is. Like everybody wants shooters. Yeah. If you don't believe me, uh, then you can call me out right now. But I'm telling you, there's just something about chemistry positive reinforcement you know you talked about it brady whenever chris paul affirmation i want you to shoot it i want you to do well and i look i'm i in a way i'm saying it but there had been a cloud over oklahoma city for many of years where a shooter would come in and maybe it was more you better make it as opposed to you need to make it we want you to make it there is in the in the delivery on how to do a job sometimes. Yeah, as soon as Mark Bryant left, <laughs> it's been it's been all nailed good. it. You yeah. nailed it. I mean, so, so many guys again would be in the corner for eighteen to twenty seconds on the offensive end, hands up and ready, and here comes a ninety mile an hour rocket pass <laughs> along with shoot the bleeping basketball. Yeah, I, I can understand where that might be a little um, uh, nerve-wracking for some um, guys. Uh, terrifying. Okay, Victor Oladipo just recently, he's talking about his comeback, right? Yeah. Uh, in the interview, I think it's like two or three weeks ago, and they asked about from Oklahoma City to uh, Indiana. And o- Victor Oladipo says, 
I don't know. I questioned myself in Oklahoma City. I didn't know if I could, you know, play the kind of way I thought I knew I could play. I thought I was going to have to just be a guy who shoots in the corner and plays defense. What's the undertone to that? Well, that's that is, that's. Still, I know that's I still, might be reading a little bit much too into it, but that, that's still unfair because he was miscast in Oklahoma City, like as it turned out. Now, if he if Kevin Durant had stayed and he was the sixth man, he could have balled out just like. He, he was capable but it of dominated he, second second units exactly yeah. like so it's a little unfair with that but i mean yeah it is hard but you go through those examples like so i, I would assume you're thinking about kyle singler anthony morrow yep. anthony morrow was at the end of his career kyle singler just turned out to not be a very good basketball player i mean i don't know you probably watched a little bit says more. you no 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 you're right but says you whenever he shows up to oklahoma city i can imagine uh, just look at, you know, he was a starter. Do you remember the Philadelphia? Yeah, he was shooting 40%. Do you yep. remember the Philadelphia flip-off game? Yes. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Kyle Singler was a starter in that game. Yeah. Like, and that was the beginning of the season. Like, they, they had big plans for that guy. Obviously, he was doing stuff in practice. Just something deteriorated. And I'm just telling you, I think part of it is part. And listen, you're a professional athlete. <laughs> right. You, you have to perform. But. I mean, at a certain point, I thought there was a dark, there's a dark cloud. There's, there's some of that now, too. Patrick Patterson was a guy that, as it turns out, one. he went to the Clippers, and he still can't hit consistently. He, so, you yeah, know. Toronto fans were all about that, like, when he went to the They got Thunder, the best of him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I saw it on Twitter, like, Toronto fans would be like, hey, this isn't the Patrick Patterson from two years ago. Right. Yeah. Is there I, another reason L.A. he might not be doing well? I mean, you never know, guys. Is he distracted uh, by something? He might be well distracted <laughs> by some swimsuit company. and uh, What loosely could be called a swimsuit. It, yeah, it <laughs> looks like socks with the toes cut out. But, <laughs> but I and mean, then, hey, good for them. They're and trying. then the chemistry is just atrocious, right? Oh, no, Kendrick Perkins, he went and talked to Doc Rivers. It's fine. No. <laughs> oh, no, they all love each other. In the What's Clippers. the name of the Swimsuit pl- uh, nude swim coat. Okay, does that make any sense at all? That's just skinny dipping. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, people- what do you mean nudes? You're wearing a swimsuit. No, right. they're barely wearing one, so they're basically nude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they've been they've been nude swimming in Marlowe for years. They just go down by the creek and jump in. It doesn't matter. It ain't like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's like that in Los Angeles. You know, so, who knows? Good for them. But yeah, tonight, uh, remember, countdown to tip off uh, will be on from the collective. Uh, that is an hour before tip-off. It's going to be 6 o'clock. I think it's going to be me, Des, and Dave. Uh, but don't worry, whomever it is. Uh, John, Brady, you guys have been filling in pregame. Um, John, you obviously do a ton of pregames. Uh, you get fantastic coverage no matter who shows up. Uh, I'm the only well, outlier on that one. But whoever we have coming there to do that, it's going to be great. So, uh, But Oklahoma City, Minnesota tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, it looks like Minnesota a point and a half favorite. How? Wait, what? The Magic were a favorite the other night. Yeah. I mean, it's a, ro- it's you a can, road deal. You can, you can say, like, well, they don't have Steven Adams or he's a game-time decision. So, like, But even still, like, the Magic are not good. Here's the deal. It's, listen, this isn't, like, what expert thinks. This, yeah, is, this I, is trying to get people to bet I, on stuff. I get it. That okay. There is it's that fun. angle. It's much more that than trying to predict. I know. I'm just I'm You're hangry. so mad. You I are. want my brunch. <laughs> like, no. Weirdly, I, I could see the Thunder losing this game but not losing Monday night against Dallas, a significantly better team. Sure. It's, just, it's just 82 games. Like, funky things happen you know what let's get you some brunch and we'll get her here at flint <laughs> restaurant at the cold court hotel this is where we do our pre and post games uh for home games for the oklahoma city thunder you're like but they're on the road yes oklahoma is actually playing in chesapeake this afternoon uh Brittany manic and his friends uh will be taking on the mississippi, <laughs> the mississippi state bulldogs sec <laughs> big 12 challenge uh and don't worry 
uh, the Big 12 has a shot because it's not football. See what I did there? That's hilarious. Oh. So, uh, and there's a really good chance that Oklahoma will not give up 70. So, <laughs> it just keeps happening. Can they please, just for the entertainment, entertainment standpoint? because college basketball is terrible. <laughs> Kelvin Sampson coaching? <laughs> no. So, get out here. Uh, go, you know, go check out the game. Come here to Flint. Have some great brunch. It's a great brunch, man. You had all kind of stuff. Oh, so much. That looked, you know, you, you had trouble picking. A lot picking. of fancy I words. I yes. A lot of fancy $20 words. There was. And, and, and worth every every bit of it. So get out here to Flint uh, underneath the Cold Court Hotel. When we get back, more Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back into the Franchise Thunder Insider Show here at Flint Restaurant in downtown Oklahoma City in the bottom of the Cold Court Hotel. Shout out to the people of Flint. They are keeping us well taken care of this morning, having some brunch. Guys, brunch is the most important meal of the day, and I am, like, so excited for this food. Also, this is a big moment because I am drinking coffee, and I don't drink coffee, so this is huge, only for the people of Flint. But we are talking better basketball here in Flint this morning instead of studio like you usually hear us, and that is all because of OU basketball taking on Mississippi State later on today in Chesapeake Energy Arena, and uh, that'll be a good one. Jerry's going to be there. Oh, I can't wait. See that media pass? There you go. Look at that. Dude, oh, am, I, am I flossing is, too hard? Yeah, you are flexing <laughs> with the media pass right lam- now. It's it's laminate. I'm That's, just going to let everybody know Jerry is the only one wearing a media pass here at brunch this morning. Mine's, I, it, mine's in my car. I wonder if it would still work if I just walked <laughs> in. You'd be like, hey, we cover the thunder. Can we come in? Yeah. No? Okay. I actually walked into the arena last night without my credential, and I got down to the doorway, like into the tunnel, and then I realized I didn't have it. And I was like, oh, Oh, never mind, and I had to run back to my car. <laughs> hey, Oops. stranger things have happened, but yeah. I've been, uh, I've been flashing be this day. to everybody. Like, like, <laughs> I'm important. I went into the bathroom, and I'm just like, excuse me. <laughs> straight yeah, up a that, That's world. my fault. Yes. I need that one. Yeah, yeah so uh, that is the gracious voice of Jerry Ramsey, who is not arrogant at all with his OU media No, pass. I'll probably wear the credential to a Pearl, the Pearl Jam show. Like, yeah. no, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to I be thought here. about doing that for Guns N' Roses a couple months ago. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't help. Uh, but that's John Hamm, Brady Trantham. I am Madison Morris. And our food's arriving! So this is getting big. Yeah, this, this is a big this moment. This is getting big, guys. In Franchise oh gosh, Thunder Insider so show history. It was right. very important that John got fed first. Yes, yeah. John. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and turn John's mic I'll off. I'll catch you guys so you in about 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So let's go ahead and segue into a little bit about we're going to finish up a little bit of talk with the Thunder team, especially with what they did last night. And uh, something that really stood out to me, guys, in the locker room is Chris Paul was talking about how this team has been so good about overcoming some injuries that they've had to deal with, some guys being out. Obviously, Steven Adams hasn't been playing early so well. He had a little bit of a faulty ankle there for a while, but now he's back and looks awesome. And uh, now they're dealing with some guys that are just out. And I know we wanted to touch a little bit about uh, the absence of Terrence Ferguson. And so we can kind of touch on that, but just overall, I guess we can go around table and just talk about why is this team missing guys like Terrence Ferguson so much right now? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on my friend, Andrew Schlecht. who made the comment. This Thunder team is very Spursy. in the past. The Spurs could be without a guy or two, but they just slot in new guys and they produce. And, and on those nights where you think, Oh, they don't have Gallinari. Uh, they're toast. They're not. So, uh, I, I think that is that is very commendable from the coaching staff to the you know to the team to pull that all together, um, and then with Terrence Ferguson, look, you know, uh, it, it's obviously again a personal matter. Um, there's some 
uh, you know, there's some indications that it, it may relate to a family member that, that he's trying to, uh, you know, that, that he's dealing with right now. But, uh, you know, it does open up an opportunity for a guy like Lou Dort. They are now 3-0 and with Lou Dort in the starting lineup this season. So, clearly, he fixes everything. Yeah, something's working. Yeah, aren't the Thunder like 6-7-1 or seven and one when Danilo Gallinari doesn't play? That's ridiculous. Which trash right. player. That is so you stupid. can't win with him. Trade him. Where has he won? <laughs> okay, so last night, uh, last night there was something that I, I sort of paid attention to, and I'm, you know, it was like squirrel. Uh, I caught, I, I caught a, a attention to it, and it just kept on happening. But there wasn't a double-digit uh, score until like a minute, two minutes left in the first half. Yet everyone was scoring. I know how bad Atlanta is, so anybody could have gone off. But this team, the way they're constructed, to kind of say what you, you know what you're saying about being Spursy, is that there's so much not just offensively but defensively also. There's so much that uh, goes into this Thunder team that you don't miss guys like a lot. Yes, there's going to be situations you're going to miss a great shooter like Danilo Gallinari. You're going to miss a great defender like Terrence Ferguson, but not as much in the past because they relied on these guys so much. And just that last night scene that, and it was, I think it was Schroeder was the, no, it was uh, Nerlens Noel, out of all people. Yeah, because he's dunking everything. Yes, (laughs) Nerlens Noel was the first person in double figures last night. Go, go figure. That would have never happened on a Russell Westbrook team. And and then what? They almost had what four or five guys in twenty points or more. And again, yeah. it's a season high, one hundred and forty mm-hmm. points. And the magic, like I think against the Magic, the uh, th- only Lou Dort was the only guy that didn't have double digit scoring that played, or him and Hamadou Diallo. Yeah. Everybody else was in double digit scoring. And then my my only point with that, because of the bad defense with Atlanta, though, is like I said, anyone could have gone off. Sure, they could have mm-hmm. focused on any one person. They still didn't. With the temptation of having such a bad defensive team, they still did what they did, ran the ball, passed the ball, the hockey assist, like you said. And the next thing you know, you got eight guys that are major contributors. Darius Baisley, what, he had like what, eight or something? Whatever. I don't even remember. He had 11 points, I think. It's okay. I don't, no, even, nice. I don't remember him scoring one. I don't remember him <laughs> scoring one. That's, right? that's where he came from. He came out of that locker room ready to play some basketball, gentlemen. Yeah. And he looked good. He looked very confident. And I think that goes back to what uh, Chris Paul always says about just instilling confidence in the guys to shoot. And so that's been huge for this team because I feel like now this Thunder team, compared to the last few seasons, obviously different guys, but they're shooting a lot more confidently. They have guys like Gallo who's been reliable throughout the entire season. And he's never exactly dealt with, like, an injury keeping keeping him out of games. He's done, like, maybe some rest games, and that's fine. Kind of what Jerry and John were saying at the beginning of the segment. This Thunder team's fine even when Gallo does sit, and that says a lot about them because they're not afraid to shoot the ball. They're finding a lot smarter shots, and I think it's because they're a lot more composed this season. Yeah, this is all true, like, in, in regards of this team, like, continuing to win without starters, but I, I don't want him to be injured for any reason, but it would be nice to see, like, a night where Chris Paul is just simply sitting. I want to see this team without Chris Paul because I think all this only happens because of Chris Paul. Like, yeah, not having Danilo Gallinari, that does affect your offense because he's probably their best half-court scorer. But you still have Chris Paul. Not having Steven Adams affects your defense and can affect your offense, but you still have Chris Paul, and he's the, the, the engine that makes this all go. So I think from like a future standpoint, like you're not going to learn anything from one game, but it would be nice to see a situation where Billy Dom and Chris Paul are just like, eh, let's just sit you, sit you tonight, big guy. Let's see, what, <laughs> let's see what SGA does. We were all sitting behind the bench whenever the uh, blue-white scrimmage. Remember that? Yeah. Um, and what was going on? The blue-white scrimmage. When Chris Paul had just, what, maybe a week and a half before that made up his mind, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go ahead and play in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I'll go ahead. 
Do you remember sitting behind there and? Yeah, he was going to be traded to Miami for Bam Adebayo. Yes, Tyler <laughs> yes, like as a throwaway. Uh, but, uh, but but you know, and he was sitting there and he's telling Billy Donovan, "Coach, I'm ready. I'm ready. When do you need me? I'm you ready." Need, coach. Yeah, I mean, this is the blue white screen, and you know, guys that are listening that play professional sports was like, "Oh, we all do that and whatever." No, no, we have all seen professional athletes, you know, Thunder players, and and been close to the bench and, and seen all that stuff. No, not everyone mm-hmm. is like, put me in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Uh, Chris Paul had an enthusiasm uh, that is unlike any 33- or 34-year-old I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and so, like you said, you know, this that's that's something about this team that goes straight down to Hamadou Diallo and Darius Baisley, every, including whenever you miss Stephen Adams or you miss a Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the leadership thing. It's the instilling of confidence. And you, you, you've got to think, like, 45, 46 games into the season, however long it is, like, is that enough for them that if they did have to sit him for whatever reason or if he did roll an ankle and missed some, some time, like, are they confident without him on the floor? And that's going to be the question for the franchise moving forward because, like we've said a zillion times, as long as you have Chris Paul on your team, you're not going to be bad enough to be in the lottery. Um, even if you traded Danilo Gallinari, because if you, if you hypothetically traded him away, you're probably getting something back in return to help you out in the short term. So you're worse, but you're not significantly worse. If you trade away Chris Paul, you're significantly worse with when you have to rely on young guys like SGA who are talented, but they're not there yet in terms of like all this clutch scoring, all, all these comeback wins. That team would not, this team would not be able to do that with, without Chris Paul. So. Again, I, I'm just curious to see what that would look like in a one-game situation. This Oklahoma City Thunder team is supposed to be worse right now. They don't have their defensive anchors. They don't have Steven Adams. They don't have Terrence Ferguson. Uh, in years past, if you lost Andre Robertson and Steven Adams or you lost Kendrick Perkins and Tyler Sepulosha, right? Yeah. And, 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 John, you know that covering the team as long as you have and yeah. covering the team as long as I have. If you lose one of those guys, the Perkins, the Adams, or the Sepulosha or the Andre Robertsons, oh, the defense is going to stink. And that's the reason. It hasn't happened. Can can we talk about the elephant in the room here a little bit? Is there really a elephant? Yeah, oh dude. Gosh. I see him. Look at that huge elephant. Flint right is a big place. It yeah. is. It is. He's wearing number zero on his jersey, <laughs> as a matter of fact. No, look. Damian I mean, Lillard? We, we, we knew this while he was here, but a lot of those struggles, I mean, a lot of the defense was to sort of help Russell Westbrook at the point of attack. Uh, Russ wasn't always locked in on every possession. Russ usually had other priorities or other interests throughout the course of the game. And again, people are sitting there going, John, you're just slamming the guy after he left. No, we talked about this stuff while he was here. And legitimately, guys like Adams, guys like Robertson, they helped cover up for a lot of Russ's lack of interest at times. You don't have that with Chris Paul. And so that that helps tremendously. Yes, Russ is a better all-around player. Uh, Russ is a more dynamic scorer and all of that. But we're talking about defense. And whenever those guys were missing in years past, Russ only kind of geared up and, and took on the challenge when he thought maybe it was a good idea to. Yeah. Uh, okay, when it comes to defense, though, we talked about Adams. We talked about the missing of Terrence Ferguson. Adams, of course, is legitimately hurt, and he has to be because that's one of the toughest uh, rumble-tumble guys you'll ever meet in your life. And uh, obviously he has to be hurting not to be on the court. Terrence, on the other hand, uh, personal reasons. Yeah. That's what's come across as personal reasons. And, Brady, I think you got some audio of uh, Billy Donovan talking about this. Yeah, I believe uh, if Matt Burton is ready. Um, basically, like pregame yesterday, availability with Billy Donovan, uh, somebody asked him, like, uh, like is Terrence going to be able to go? And Billy just was like, no. And then a few more questions were asked. And I tried my best to, like, because I knew I wasn't going to get an answer. 
but I tried my best to try to get a sense of like, okay, Billy, you obviously know more about the situation than we do. Are you at a point now where he's missed a few games that you, you you're confident in saying, well, he's going to come back at some point, or are it with your knowledge of the situation, are you not even confident in saying that? And I didn't want to bring up the name Alex Sabrinas because I don't even know if we're there yet in terms of like how long is he going to be out, but. I asked uh, Billy that question, and uh, Burton, go right ahead. Yeah, no, I, and I get it. You guys got a job to do, and I appreciate, respect the question, understand the question. But I think anytime you know that a player is dealing with a personal matter, it, it's just not. I'm not in a position to start giving timetables of, of things like that. It's a personal matter that he's dealing with. I think when we can update you and let you know something specific, we'll do it. Right now, there's nothing for me to specifically report. And I really don't have, I can't really say anything more than that. I'm going to certainly respect him in what he's dealing with and what he's working through. And, you know, when the time comes, it comes. But right now, you know, the most important thing is him. And, uh, you know, I think everybody here inside the organization has really, really tried to respect that. I was critical of Matty Lee and Joe Masato uh, from the Oklahoma uh, earlier this year whenever they sort of brought for public record, and it was public record, anybody could look it up. Uh, about the custody battle that he's having problems with uh, and going on with his daughter and the mother of his child. But it's starting to resonate, these personal issues with Terrence. And I'm just saying that when you have a lot of stuff going on on the outside, these people are human. And whether it's related or it's not related, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's not injured. He's not physically injured. And so when that happens, and we saw this last year with Alex Sabrinas, you start to wonder... Are there circumstances outside that are really starting to bother him, John? And honestly, the classy thing to do is just say the guy needs time or whatever. But this is professional sports, and it's very unforgiving. It is, <clears throat> and you can get left behind in a hurry. And and that's I think something you've got to be concerned about. Um, I mean, I just I think about my favorite TV show is Scrubs. Okay, like of all time. And there was episodes where Elliot was like going through things because her dad cut her off and she had to move out of her apartment. She had a lot of things going on and it was affecting her work. Right. And Dr. Cox pulls her aside and says, basically, you got to put that aside. There's a certain point where if something comes up, you got to handle it, but then you've got to put that aside and get to work. And that that is true whether no matter what career you are, whether you're a professional basketball player, whether you're a radio talk show person yep. or, you know, whatever employment that you have. Um, and it's tough. It, it is very tough. Um, you just and, and I'll say this, too. This is not to, to like dogpile on the guy. Hopefully he and his family um, you know, are, are able to get to a good place. I think that is most important. But then it's time to get back to work. Yeah, and um, assuming he comes back, and I, I think that he will because it probably is a family matter, and that will get taken care of with time, and he certainly has all the time in the world from the franchise's point of view. Um, but I'll ask you this question, and I don't mean to be insensitive, but we kind of touched on it a little bit. But from a pure, pure basketball standpoint, there is no more Russell Westbrook here. There is no more need to just basically we've got to, we, we've got to like overcompensate. Do you guys think that it's in the franchise's best interest to – like down the road, once we get to the future, whenever that is, to have one-sided players. Mm, that's a tricky question. You are here to defend, and everything you do offensively is just a cherry on top. I, I, I don't think that that's the way anymore. I don't think it is either. I think that's kind of what Terrence Ferguson is known as right now, just because he's not the greatest shooter. Sometimes he's pretty spotty. Uh, when he does have a good offensive night, it's kind of like a, whoa, where did this guy come from? Like, this is awesome. But I think he's more known for what he's doing on the defensive end of the ball. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think 
it makes sense like in a sense but um i kind of think that it's more beneficial for a team to have like well-rounded players instead of guys who are just simply good at one thing i asked for the change of philosophy last year you did a, pl a ton of post games with me and i talked about the change of philosophy after durant left okay and then we get into what russell started doing with this triple double thing and, and whatever but the change of philosophy of that one-way player like you're talking about the three and d guy or whatever it's hard to change your stripes when you've been doing it and you've been successful for an entire decade. And yep. that's that's what you're asking, Brady. You're saying, well, you know, we shift it. We've shifted from Russell Westbrook. This is obviously a philosophical change. Why do we still have guys like Terrence Ferguson? And it's a reasonable question. It really is. But it's hard to shake habit. Yeah, and look, I, I think a lot of those decisions were driven because of having Durant and Westbrook, two guys that were going to – dominate the basketball yeah they needed to find another skill guy or two that could knock down threes reliably um and they tried to do that with Serge Ibaka and they were kind of ahead of the curve a little bit on the stretch four thing I remember I was very critical when Serge was coming out and chucking threes yeah you know but that was the way of the NBA but I think I think that was sort of a byproduct of these two guys are going to carry such a load offensively. Other offensive guys kind of get lost in the shuffle. So we're going to bring in the hyper athletes that are stellar. And, you know, because they're going to be able to. You've got two guys on the offensive end that can clean up a lot of that. Yeah, yeah and that's the interesting thing because I don't even know if that's the philosophy of Sam Presti of how he wants to run a basketball that's team. That's not sometimes, how San Antonio worked uh, over the years. Yeah, sometimes you just you have to do what the situation presents. And when you draft Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden three consecutive years, well, then, yeah, you, you, you are going to have to go after one-sided role players. But with the foundation that they have now, with SGA being the type of player that he is at this point and what he's projected to be, and then as well as learning from Chris Paul of how to be a good team basketball player, I, th I feel like that there's just a foundation for something else that's more team-oriented that um, if you do lose a guy like on any given night, your defense or your offense just doesn't tank immediately. Like when Andre Robinson goes down, two years ago the defense just tanks like that's what i would want the, the thunder to avoid moving forward 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa it is the franchise thunder insider show madison morris is picking at her scrambled eggs brady trantham brady trantham is uh going through what is that what do you got going there it's um it's bacon and uh fried egg avocado and spinach that is fantastic yeah. john uh, that poor plate has been taken a beating. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Just wait till we go to break. Yeah, I was going to say. There will be no plate. I'm, I'm going to inhale it. <laughs> yeah, some potatoes uh, and biscuits. And it, it is delicious is what it is. Looking fantastic. I got a little skillet in front of me uh, with some um, eggs in there and some salsa verde. Uh, so like the good. Christian rock group skillet or a different kind of skillet? The, the very different. Oh, is that three. a Christian rock group? Y'all skillet, y'all. Oh, oh, skillet? So. Yeah. oh, yeah. They're, they're big time. Like, That's oh, not even a joke. That's wait, really. I was thinking of like Slipknot. Never mind. <laughs> Yes. I got different. very confused. I was like, are you sure? They're never touring together. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I got really confused there for a second. I was like, that's like death All metal. this is on the brunch menu at the Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Corn Hotel. That's where we're at. We're usually here for our pre and post games for the Thunder, but we're here today. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners are playing Mississippi State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge at the Chesapeake Arena. Uh, coverage starts here at, at 1230 uh, and then tip off at 1. You can hear every sneaker squeak. And uh, every call by Kevin Henry and Toby Rowland uh, right here on 1077 The Franchise. When we get back, we'll talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and Shea Gildress Alexander. Is it the point in the season where I admit to these guys I may have been just a little bit off on my critique 
of SGA. We'll talk about how he's been playing and where he'll play going forward. You're listening to the franchise uh, Thunder Insiders on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 Tulsa. Super producer Matt Burton back in studio. Burton with the jams. Got me red-handed, keeping with the girl next door. What are you doing? Y'all never heard that? Why a man great till he gotta be That's not the same song. They're they're bumper songs. They're just meant to come in. We're not supposed to, like... Picture this, we were both... No, I'm not going to finish it. Acknowledge them? We're not supposed to acknowledge them? No, it's background music to bring on the actual talent that's on the radio. But I like to... Where's the talent? (laughs) When are they coming on? (laughs) This is Grammy weekend, is it not? Oh my gosh! You want to talk about? Yes, it is, John. Yeah. I will. I will answer your question simply, like you wanted it. But then I'll go on, like Jerry, like you don't. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about a dilemma I'm in, guys? And I'm talking Nelly. That's a great time, song. Yeah. Big time yeah. dilemma. Yeah. The yeah. first time I ever danced uh, danced with a girl. Aww. Sixth grade. I do not believe you've ever danced with a girl. First of all, uh, you're right. you don't have to be cool to hang out. It's yeah. fine. We're all nerds. Uh, but it's Grammy weekend. It's Grammy Sunday, right? That's right. So is the Royal Rumble. Hmm. What am I supposed to do? That's a toughie. What is the Royal s- Rumble? Stop, Madison. Stop. Siri, what <laughs> is... <laughs> Don't we know that Brock Lesnar is going to go in first? Yes, we do. We know that from being in the arena the That's other right. Night. Yeah, it was awesome. Your WWE Raw event that you love? Uh, yeah, it was Rumble. fun. Yeah. Do they have the script written? Is, is it John, ready to go? John, for... I don't know. John, I don't know. What? What I don't dirt... appreciate what you're doing right now. What do the dirt sheets say? <laughs> that's, a, that's such a hip word to use, too. <laughs> dirt sheets. So, yes, uh, Sunday evening, I will be... You know, battling between two televisions, not being able to pay attention to—I don't—I don't know what to do. I don't know. Well, let, let me tell you, they are trying to keep me from watching because apparently Taylor Swift is not going to perform at the Grammys. Thank God. Oh, John's out. I oh, well, you did say perform, not sing. Are we going to hate? I'm getting hangry again. Yeah. Get him some more biscuits. If there wasn't anything I hated more than Taylor Swift, it was uh, Shake Elders Alexander this year. Yeah. Nice transition. Why, why do you hate nice things? I, okay, so we started this season, and he what, he was averaging damn near 20 points uh, at the beginning of the season. They were really trying to force feed him uh, into the offense. And, you know, as, as it progressed, obviously it turned into more of a team game, more people contributing uh, scoring. But he's been... Uh, one of the main scores for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I said, he's going to be a great number two guy. He's going to be a great uh, support guy for the guy that they really get in here. And, uh, and I, you know, he doesn't have the explosiveness. Uh, I don't know if he has um, d- just the, the want to to be a number one guy. He, he just he never had it. You guys, last night, uh, Atlanta is a terrible, terrible defensive team they're awful terrible shankilders alexander looked phenomenal and he didn't just look phenomenal scoring the basketball which he did okay getting to the basket contorting doing all kind of stuff i think i compare him to like circus de soleil like he puts his leg here the other one swings out here (laughs) did he say circus Disolé, disolé, yeah, circus, dis disassociated circus. It's definitely not circus, <laughs> but circus disolé. Uh, anyway, he's and he's doing it in contorting score, but he's also attracting the defense, kicking out, doing all that good stuff. He looked phenomenal last night, and if that is like a really high ceiling for him that he could sustain for half a season, three quarters of a season, uh, that they want him to do in the future, John. 
I'm sold. I'm sold. So I did not realize, I don't know how many people knew how crafty he was as an offensive player coming into this season. Obviously, there were some people that were high on him, but we are you know, we talked about it all year, the variety of ways he is able to score the basketball. Uh, you just think about, I mean, he's got the, the, the step back three. He's got the beginnings of that, and he's effective at it. Like, those little things are going to become even better. He's going to become even sharper on those. You know, some of that, you know, lack of athlete, like that uh, burst of athleticism. Yes. He'll find ways around that, right? Um, he'll find ways to get into the paint, draw contact without committing an offensive foul. Something Baisley needs to learn as well. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, like, there's – you see the raw workings of something there that, oh, my gosh, tighten this up uh, – you can add this little element and you're not making a big leap in, in assuming that. And I mean, something, one of the things we've talked about on my pod is, is he going to be too good to tank? Is he going to be, I mean, look, I think he's one of those top five picks that OKC has been talking about getting. Uh, is it going to be difficult to, if they do trade the veterans, go ahead and, and become a bad basketball team because you've got a guy like Shea that's going to carry it. Well, I think that's the one test that we just don't know the answer to just yet because we've seen Shea Gilles-Alexander in complimentary, complimentary roles with mm-hmm. the Clippers and then even this year towards the beginning. But we're starting to see him become more of a focal point on the offense from a, f- a philosophical standpoint because you hear Chris Paul in the locker room say, no, we're better when he's going downhill when he has the ball in his hands. And, uh, like, at the same time, without Chris Paul, we don't know what a Shea Gillis-Alexander-led team looks like because without Chris Paul, yeah, Shea Gillis-Alexander is good, but who else is he going to be passing the ball to? And that's that's assuming if Gallinari is traded, if Dennis Schroeder is traded. So that's something that we don't know the answer to yet. The foundation is there to be successful, yes, but um, at the end of the day, we, we just don't know. It, it could very well be what you're saying. Like maybe he, he is too good, just like Chris Paul. You're too good with him on your team, but – at the end of the day, we don't know. Is basketball the only sport where going downhill is a good thing? Yes. Because they talk about it all the time. Like, we got to go downhill. And it seems like that's the only time when you want to go downhill. Not baseball? No. <laughs> Definitely not baseball. No. But, however, um, it's easier to cheat. I don't even yeah, I don't even know if Shagildas Alexander has had a point in this season where he didn't look like a freak of an athlete. I mean, he had a couple of games where he didn't, like, score a lot, but he still was contributing on different ends of the ball. And so I think that he's a very versatile player. And there's so many different shots that I I think he's the only guy on this team that could actually pull those off. Maybe Dennis Schroeder, because Dennis is really good about getting to the rim and kind of being crafty with his shots. Um, however, there are just more, uh, there are more times that Shea just Alexander, he'll take a shot. I'm like, there's no possible way that's going to go in. He has just like four different guys on him. And it goes in, he can draw the end one. And so I just think that is so crucial to the kind of offense that he brings to this team. And I forget who it was. I want to say it was either Dennis or Chris was saying this last night in the locker room. But if you're able to finish at the rim and draw the foul so you can make your shots and get to the free throw line, that just speaks volumes to the kind of player you are. And, I mean, that's exactly what Shea is able to do. He's always able to get to the free throw line. He's able to make his shots at the same time. He's just a good player, and I think that he's going to be a guy that uh, is not going to let this team tank regardless of who goes, who stays, and uh, all the moving pieces that are coming. Yeah, he got to the foul line last night, but th- that's kind of been a thing all season. Just wait till he starts getting star calls. Because it seems like there are a handful of plays like throughout a week where, yeah, if he's two two more years into this in, into the NBA, he's going to get that call. Right. And maybe with a little bit of of his finesse style of getting to the rim, where it's not as physical, uh, I feel like officials it takes them longer to kind of get accustomed to your game to like, okay, you got breeds on, we're going to send you to the foul line. Like that time will come. He's going to be a, he's going to start getting star calls, and it might even be this season with the way that they're playing. So he basically, he's just going to crumple to the floor every time. Yeah, yeah. just 
and like my collarbone. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let me shoot these free throws. I mean, look, it works for James Harden, but I mean, look, I, I think we'd be having the same conversation back in 2009. Yeah. Like, well, you know, James, he's he's real interesting. He's got some wrinkles to his game. If he improves a little bit, I'm not saying Shea Gildas Alexander is going to be a MVP candidate. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, hater, a second a second year guy in the league, you can pick up on some things that say, yeah, that he's got something to work with there. I still have a problem with the. I still have a problem with the explosiveness to the rim, but he's so. Cra- uh, here's the. Here's he's the very deal. crafty. Here's the deal. Uh, what happens to athletes whenever they come into the league and they're just exploding to the rim and they're just powerful, right? John Morant. They get about six, seven years in. Got to change the game. Yep. They're going to have to. You know. Oh, Not if you're Russell Westbrook. No, well, exactly. Exactly. Changed my game in ten years. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh. His la- his That's probably la- the only time I've ever physically reacted to a question or an answer <laughs> in a locker room. Just gone, oh no! Oh, ouch! No. That just was a stab. He, his leg is literally just going to have to fall off before he stops yes, playing the way he does. But I guess SGA is never going to have to worry about it. He's never going to have to worry about it. And the only guy that I can really, and I'm thinking to compare him to, and I've told you this before, is Grant Hill. But Grant Hill had that explosiveness until his ankle exploded what was, was it adidas was it their fault what was his shoe deal <laughs> it was, no well i don't know if it was, was it adidas. was fila no it was was it fila yeah he was a fila Holy guy crap he, he ain't feeling the feelers yeah. anymore no, wow. Get rid of those it feelers. took you no time to do that <laughs> that was pretty good but he had explosiveness but whenever he lost his athleticism he, he still played in the league a good seven eight years after that and was still incredibly crafty and under the basket athletic mm-hmm. and that's what that bad taste i got in the mouth for <laughs> for grant hill is what I feel about SGA, and I think that's where it resonates from. But like I said last night, to see him against that bad defensive Atlanta team showed me that next level that he can play. And I, I was. I was just wowed. And I think it took me longer than it took you guys, but I guess that wow feeling that maybe you guys got earlier in the season watching him, or maybe even last season a little bit with the Clippers, I just got it last. I feel like I just like I found out Christmas was real. <laughs> like I, just, I mean, some of the things you're talking, some of the things you're talking about, Jerry. I mean, they're going to take care of them, themselves. Remember what Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant looked like when they were 20, 21 years old? No, I listen, Brady. I do, and I still thought they were special. Well, I mean, physically, I, physically, like from a physical standpoint. But I, always, I always, I guess, I see what you're saying. I always believed in them, though. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Whenever I, I saw Durant and I saw Russell Westbrook here, I, like I believed. Immediately, I just saw something. Probably has something. It might have something to do with the fact that they had the green light to go like earlier on than what SGA has. Now, again, the idea is what he's learning from Chris Paul. It's going to pay dividends down the road, so the Thunder don't have to be so heavily reliant on one or two guys to do everything for them. Then everybody else just kind of falls into a complimentary role. That's that's what I would assume. Because with SGA, there's a foundation for team basketball just from his play style alone. Okay, both of you guys are in the locker room a ton, and Madison, I'll let you field this one. So we're talking about him on the court and what have you, right? He could, he could, he could be a little, a little more wordy, maybe in the yeah. uh, locker room. He could be a little more, and, and, and yeah. that's just an expectation that I want. And that that's another thing, John and Brady and, and Madison, like I said, speak to it. It just whenever you do the sound bites, it's just it looks like it's going to be a lot of years of a guy who's just like, yeah, doesn't have too much to say. I mean, you know, 
it's it doesn't bother me too much, I guess, because um, Gallo's kind of the exact same way. So I know they're two completely different players, obviously very different careers, but Danilo Gallinari, he is kind of a soft-spoken, doesn't have a ton to say type of guy, but he's been such a consistent player over the years. I, I mean, it would be kind of cool because Chris Paul, he's so well-spoken. He gives very in-depth, very personal answers, looks you in the eye, like kind of goes into details, says very um, encouraging and complimentary things. At His the eyes time. don't flutter. Yeah, he doesn't roll his eyes at you. Um, you know, it's kind of weird because I've always said that, like, sometimes my favorite players to watch are the ones who are also very good off the court as well, and that's why I'm so drawn to, like, their playing style, but also the kind of NBA player they are. With Shakeel Alexander, yeah, he's 21, and so he's still young, and uh, I'll never forget the time that we got, or we got Darius Baisley at a practice, and that was just horrendous, but the guy's so young, and so I'm like, maybe Shea could develop into more of a personable, talkative uh, player later on in his years, but I mean, then we see Russell Westbrook, who's 31 years old and would give one-word answers. I mean, think about this. Let's rewind. Let's go back to 2012. Imagine me making the statement that, Jerry, in seven years, Kawhi Leonard is going to play the NBA like a chessboard. <laughs> Imagine me making that statement and how ridiculous that would have sounded circa 2012. I, no, 2012, though, he still looked pretty good. No, he was a system player, remember? Yeah, but, okay, no, I'm talking, yeah, sure, there was a finals MVP and all that, yeah. but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying his his nature, his yeah. soft-spoken nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine me saying he is going to play the NBA like gotcha. a chessboard in seven years. He would have laughed me off the air. I would. I, I will say though, like I said last night, I saw it for the first time. Like yeah. there was there was clarity, uh, kind of like when I stopped drinking for two months. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was there was there was it just got dark in here. <laughs> <laughs> it was clarity. I saw it for the first time. So and listen, guys, I'm not one of those guys that's going to stay on a stump for the next ten years and tell you I told you SGA was crap whenever he's averaging 25 a game and you know eight assists and, and being an all star. I I saw something last night that you guys have all seen and it's. It's okay. Jerry gets the or Shea gets the Jerry check of approval. I get it now. Have you considered maybe sticking to your guns? Because that seems to get you paid five to ten million dollars a year to be on national radio. So. But see, and that's what that's why I'm that's why I'm so bad now. I'm stuck with you guys. One zero seven seven the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa, live from Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Court Hotel. Uh, we are here, right across from the Myriad Gardens. Uh, beautiful place. Even in days like today, walk around the Myriad Gardens, enjoy Oklahoma City. People, we've had maps for like three decades now for you to enjoy it. Get out here to Oklahoma City. Enjoy downtown before you go to Oklahoma and Mississippi State. Remember, tip-off is at 1. Coverage starts here at 1230. All the great stuff that downtown includes Flint Restaurant. Like I said, down here, great, great brunch menu. We all enjoyed the hell out of some brunch. Yes, right? we did. Lunch is great. Dinner is always fantastic because we do our pre- and post-games also here. So Flint Restaurant takes very good care of us. They'll take very good care of you. When we get back, we'll get into uh, the upcoming schedule for the Oklahoma City Thunder, what they have ahead of them, uh, plus more shenanigans. You're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insiders on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Real quick, guys, I want to talk about this, and we've had a little bit of off-air discussion about this, but I, I want to bring it to light. Uh, the Thunder franchise, Thunder the, franchi Insider. the franchise Thunder Insider show. Um, it happens. It's mid-season it form. We're going to partner with uh, the Police Athletic League uh, for probably the rest of this year, for sure, and uh, just getting information out about what they do, how they do it, and it's a great organization uh, I've been involved with. Uh, before in the past, and I just wanted to start uh, getting more involved. I think uh, 
you know, every now and then we'll go out to a police athletic league event, like a basketball game, a soccer game, something like that. And the major thing, uh, guys, is to have uh, coaches sign up. Uh, we need, they need coaches, they need mentors, and these kids, they have more kids than they can handle. There's a bunch of kids out there that want to participate that can't participate in their schools or their schools don't have that kind of thing. So uh, we need you to contact the Police Athletic League if you have any, any uh, just want to coach or mentor. Uh, listen, they let me coach kids. Okay, so that should tell you something right there. Boy, they're desperate. Yes. That's, yeah, there you go. So, yes, get out there. Uh, the Police Athletic League uh, will get you a number in the next segment, but just look into them. And uh, a kid could definitely, and it's not just, you know, boys. It's girls. Girls want to play basketball. Girls want to play soccer. Uh, they started a cheer uh, program. So, it, you know, they need I know boys. someone that would be perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That is you. I did that. So. Oh, yes. The only person here that's actually talented and a former college athlete, Madison Morris. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, Police Athletic League, uh, check them out. Uh, just go online and, and look for them. And uh, great, great people. Uh, great stuff. And as we go forward, we'll be getting into that. I won't, I'll never know this answer, but I, I would just assume, you know, the Thunder have been around for 10-plus years now. I want like the the growing basketball culture of the state of Oklahoma. Like it, this is always going to be a football state, but I mean we we now have kids that are starting to play basketball now, and they're you know ten, eleven years old that have only known Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They don't know about the Seattle SuperSonics. They where they live, yeah, we have an NBA team. Like I wonder how much that plays into kids like wanting to play basketball instead of football or, or baseball. So first of all, kids, if you're listening, if you're one of those, uh, the team was not stolen from Seattle. I want to let's, let's make that clear. Despite what loom, like podcasts would. But you. I can go online and type in "thunder <laughs> stolen from Sonics" and yeah. I just get a bunch of. Yeah, hits. If by stolen you mean bought. <laughs> so uh, and, and blame you, the Starbucks guy. And you want to hear a secret? You want your kid to be good in any sport? Let them play soccer. Soccer. That's not a joke. My kids play soccer. Let them play soccer. No. Their footwork will be phenomenal in wrestling. Remember Hakeem Elijah won? Oh, right? Yep. He, yeah. He didn't play basketball until what? He was in college, basically. But he was a soccer guy. Oh, and had the greatest foot. Pretty good footwork. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty no, good. If I have a kid and they want to play football, I'll be like, all right, we're going to wake up at 5 in the morning and learn how to punt. <laughs> and you will thank me later. <laughs> and deep snap. You have a 20-year career in the NFL, and you can tell everybody that you play in the NFL. You had me at when I have a kid. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, Moore, Kenny Moore asks on Twitter. Kenny, thank you for listening. Harden is a better comparison for SGA. Uh, what did Jerry think about Harder? Uh, harder Harden in his second <laughs> oh, year. No. Brunch will get everybody. <laughs> it will be great. He'd be a great second or third option. Uh, not saying SGA will be Harden, but his game is closer to that. Let me as, let me start that first of all. The first couple of seasons, I saw Harden. The one thing I saw in Harden's game that I don't see in SGA was the immediate basketball intuition. Uh, Harden was a very underrated passer when he was in Oklahoma City coming off the six-man and just could do one pass in particular I can think of, ball going out of bounds. He saves it between his legs, gets it to Westbrook, back to Harden. Harden immediately lobs it up for Westbrook. And that's one of those things, you know, Brittany, when I was talking about when I saw them, I'm like, I believed because they could do phenomenal things like that. But I thought that James Harden's, I always thought he would be a great distributor. Uh, but he just happens to be a very good scorer and a very good, you know, being able to, to get fouls. But his ability to read basketball and his basketball IQ 
uh, was never questioned to me. I'm not questioning SGA's IQ. I'm just saying his ability to distribute, I still haven't quite seen enough for me to believe yet. Yeah, and again, this kind of goes back to what Brady has said earlier. May, we won't know until he's put in that position, whether that's, you know, Chris Paul uh, ha- has a DNP rest uh, coming up at some point, hopefully nothing more than that. Um, but, you know, or at some point, if they do trade Chris Paul and sort of hand the reins over uh, metaf- metaphorically, I guess. But um, we'll see. That That is to be determined. Listen, I-, I can tell you when that trade happened, James Harden to Houston, there's a lot of people that said, why did the Rockets give up so much? Is James that good? He's beating <laughs> up on second units. How good is this guy really? Right. So. And, and those were smart people. Those weren't your you know, average knuckle draggers on Twitter that come after Madison for things. I love right. that. No, I remember <laughs> those the week. Are my favorites. Remember the week before that trade went down, the Thunder had their blue-white scrimmage, and Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook didn't play, and it was James, the James Harden show, and he had an awful game. And all the hot takes were, see, he, he yeah. can't, he can't start, he can't be the guy. Like he, he's clearly in his, in the role that he's supposed. We to should be know in. by now. Always base all of your opinions off the blue-white scrimmage. Patrick Patterson, <laughs> twenty-three points in one of those or, games, or just. The the first five minutes that you see somebody play like Zion Williams. It's trash. He's awful. (laughs) Get in front of that. (laughs) Okay. What can we really take away from like a blue and white scrimmage though? Because they're playing against each other and it's like, it's kind of like a, well, we don't want anyone to get hurt. So we're not exactly putting a lot of like force out on this game. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't take a ton. First of all, Madison Morris, you live in the great state of Oklahoma. I do. Spring practices and scrimmages mean the world. They don't mean anything. People saw, uh, people saw great quarterbacks play before they could even play. They saw Heisman Trophy winners. It's spring practices. Have you guys ever thought that maybe they're like setting them up to look super great and stuff like that? No, they're sending them up so people get so pumped and excited. Trey Matwire was awesome in the spring game. Yeah. He looked yeah, he pantsed everyone. <laughs> By the way, the Oklahoma Spring game going to come up later on this year. <laughs> on your flagship station for OU football, 107.7. The yeah, you know who else looks good in a spring game? Taylor Cornelius looked really good <laughs> in a spring dog. game. Yeah. Hell, he looked good at Memorial Stadium when they played OU. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is Madison Morris, of course. Pistol wow, Spiling. I just setting up. Yep, setting up OSU's championship run this year. We need a Tulsa fan on the show. Remember, do we? in Tulsa, by the way. Thanks for listening. Shout out Tulsa. Uh, Let's look at the upcoming schedule. I'm more of an old Roberts University guy. Yeah, Roberts. (laughs) Funny. Uh, The the upcoming schedule for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tonight they play Carl and the... And the the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Uh, Marks? I do believe... That guy was so misunderstood. Uh, he also had a beard, Jerry. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, tonight, though, at 7 o'clock, uh, remember, countdown to tip-off 6 to 7. Uh, this is not going to be an easy game, and it never is against Minnesota until it is. There's no such thing as an easy game on the road in the NBA. Like, there you go. Look that's the true story. Nice. Uh, but both Wiggins and Carl will play tonight. Uh and then just, I mean, what do, you, what do you think going up to Minnesota, Lake Minnetonka again? Here we go. I think uh, it, it'll probably come down to one of the last plays where there will be a screen that's not called. There's going to be a banked-in three. <laughs> there's going to be an untucked jersey. There's going to be a touchdown pass. There's going to be something completely unexpected. I, I would bank on that happening more than anything else. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm just always nervous uh, playing a team that's on a significant losing streak because it's like you don't want to be the team that – gets them back on their winning track but i mean the the one thing that we can say about this thunder team is outside of maybe the first 10 minutes of the lakers lakers game uh that saturday night a few weeks ago um this team brings it every game 
they are never unprepared. So even having said that, like, oh, man, they're on an eight-game losing streak. Like, they're due for one. This is not a team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, that you just win be simply because you're due. You have to beat them. You have to beat them in, in a lot of different ways because the Thunder, they course correct during games. They can have explosive quarters. Uh, this is a very well-coached team. This is a uh, uh, well-led team. So uh, the Thunder are the better team, so they should go into tonight and win. I think the Thunder are going to be really excited to get to Minnesota and get the hell out of there because <laughs> <laughs> it's cold as hell. It's cold. They've played this team here. multiple times this season. I think they still have one more matchup after this game. They are probably so ready to just put the caps on Minnesota. And, yeah, I think it's – I mean, exactly what you guys said. I think it's going to be a good matchup. There's going to be some weird things that happen. I think the Thunder can get this win. Um, they play play really well against Minnesota for some reason and kind of what I said earlier in one of the previous segments Minnesota poses such a good challenge for them that I think they're going to be forced to play real hard and then they're going to have that motivation to just cap it off and get back to Oklahoma City last time they played Minnesota they beat Minnesota 117 to 104 uh, your leading score was Danilo Gallinari, uh, 30 points. Oh, it was that game. Yep. And then Shea Gildress Alexander was not the leading scorer. He only had 20 points, 20 rebounds, oh, and yeah. 10 assists. So We all remember our first triple-double. <laughs> He's hey, yeah, me too. Maybe he's back. He, maybe he's headed back to be Cray Gilders Alexander again. <laughs> we'll see. What do you guys think about Jarrett Culver? I think he's on the bench now. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's turned it on the last four or five games, scoring wise. Like I don't know. I'm, I was excited for him coming out of Texas Tech. I hope he develops. I really like Okogie for them. Yeah. And so you talk about Okogie and Jarrett uh, Culver, uh, some younger guys to help out with. Uh, Carl and and Wiggins and maybe they they actually tried to reboot it again yeah. uh, and move those guys and get some, get younger. So. I think uh, he's unfortunately going to be one of these guys that is sort of held to his draft pick, yeah. like where he was selected. If this guy was taken 16th or 17th, I think there would be more patience and more understanding with where he's at. But it it, it happens if you have a guy that's taken in the lottery, especially in the top five or six picks, they're held to a different standard. Yeah, and people are a lot quicker to throw out the bus label if they're not hitting you know some really high marks right off the bat i mean simply put i've liked what i've seen like i've not seen very much of him but i like what i've seen so i could foresee a scenario where minnesota blows this all up and culver could definitely go to a a more of a established franchise a contender and be a high-end level role player for somebody and maybe even a a step above 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa live from flint restaurant downtown here uh just catty corner from the chesapeake energy arena whatever it is center is it an arena or center? it is it's an, an arena. arena is it okay uh the oklahoma <laughs> centers will play the mississippi it's state a, bulldogs sec big 12 the ford center challenge <laughs> nice taking it old school oh, I miss uh, it. the coverage starts at one o'clock here on the flagship station for ou uh i mean tip-off is at one o'clock coverage starts at 12 30 uh, we'll be here till then when we get back we will have ryan chapman join us uh new Thunder, right? Just recently, Thunder Insider, uh, what a t- a intern, attainee, whatever he is, uh, whatever. Uh, not all Pad- the way Padawan. Yeah, not all the way inside yet, but exclusive uh, cover of the Oklahoma Sooners, <laughs> and we'll talk to him whenever we get back. Poor You're Madison. listening to the uh, franchise Thunder Insiders <laughs> on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 Tulsa. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa, live from Flint Restaurant, underneath the Cold Court Hotel. It's the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. Come as you are. So you're doing it again. Singing? Yes, we're not supposed to do that. They're beds. 
that you come in on. It's it's like we're not even supposed to know that that's back there. I fancy a bed. I fancy a good bed. Oh, jeez. Joined by Ryan Chapman right now, <laughs> uh, contributor for OU Basketball and uh, new contributor in the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. You're not quite inside yet, but you're adjacent. I feel like last night I've had my heart broken. That's a true professional experience to just be humbled. Your your childhood team comes into the peak and just gets destroyed, and that's where you have to go, oh, there are no fans anymore. Wait a minute. Okay, so we deal with Brady Trantham, who's a Miami Heat fan. Yeah, I'm a Detroit Piston fan, which, by the way, I will be wearing a bag over my head later on in the year when they show up. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Reggie Jackson came back. That's awesome. Uh, poor, poor Blake. I, I, I've never pegged you, John. Like you were a Knicks fan. Yep. In the, you're a Knicks fan. Yep. In the past, you have not pegged me at all. No, I've not. Uh, despite rumors. Anyway, uh, but you were a Knicks fan yeah. in the past. But you, you really don't have a, a team. No, I mean I I was a vagabond there for a while. I remember after after the Knicks traded Patrick Ewing, that stupid move. Um, I kind of followed Phoenix for a while. Phoenix was really fun. And that was right when that was around the time when Dan Tony took over. Okay, uh, and I always I always liked San Antonio as well because I was a big David Robinson fan. God, absolutely. Um, and and of course, like San Antonio. I because John. yeah, yeah, basically. No, no that's, you're right. I had their posters on the wall, so <laughs> I did. Tony Parker? No, 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 no. David Robinson, uh, Tim Duncan, the Twin Towers. Okay, yeah, well, big, yeah big enough. But as Atlanta Hawks fan, you never saw Dominique Wilkins play. How the hell could you be an Atlanta Hawks fan? <laughs> well, you see, I. Uh, took in atlanta as my uh sports city before the thunder were a thing i uh, was this close to going to georgia tech and you poor guys would have never met me so you're welcome <laughs> but uh big hawks guy big braves guy basically it's been a tough you know uh, my entire life for professional sports but that's okay. okay see like i was a huge braves fan and that's because i mean i saw I, I got wgn and tbs and so i followed the cubs and the braves and so i followed the braves even when like ron gant was a second baseman says this was right before they took off and uh, and won that one world series in the 90s did not john, john says with his red Sox jacket that's on, right did not see this making a ron gant turn but yeah there you go Ooh, let me get this back really quick uh <laughs> this has been your. This has been your baseball talk. Well, hold on. This would be your baseball talk. <laughs> there we go. It's a curveball. Poor Dallas Keuchel. It's like, coming. I'd like a job in the future, so I'm going to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, you've covered the uh, Sooners all season long. Tonight they take on. Uh, tonight I see everybody. Everybody does it's it. Brunch. Yes. This brunch they take on Mississippi State and uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge. Yes. First of all, let's talk about where uh, Oklahoma is right now. Um, didn't play well against Kansas, Correct. I would say. Played well down in Waco. Had a chance to win at the buzzer uh, against the number one team in the country in Baylor. What are your thoughts? of the, Where is this team? Is it a, uh, a team that's going to make the tournament or not? I, they're a tournament team. What's easy to forget in all of this is this Oklahoma team literally returned three people that had a pulse for their team last year. So it's taken a while for them to gel, but as the season's gone on, they've consistently gotten better defensively. The offensive movement is better. You can tell they kind of understand the spots that they want to find each other in, things like that. Um, but the defensive improvement, I think, has been the story of the season so far. Coming into the year, very, very poor defensively. Maryland Eastern Shore was chucking threes like nobody's business. Kansas State came in and was 7 of 11 in the first half. And it was one of those things that they'd come out and they, the Oklahoma would make the adjustments in the second half. But you're one, left wondering, why does it take that long? You've already dug yourself the hole. Well, since the Kansas game, OU's been electric uh, defending the perimeter. 
allowing 22% against Kansas State, 23% in Waco. And that was a big reason why they were able to come back in that game. In the first half in Waco, um, they fell down due to some offensive rebounding troubles. Baylor, I think they wiped the boards like 13-2 to on the offensive rebounds, got 11 second chance points, and boom, 11 points is your halftime deficit. But if they can fix that, and that'll be one of the struggles coming in today, um, they'll be looking a lot better going forward. But Oklahoma's definitely a tournament team, barring anything major. Yeah, well, how dangerous is it that you go into this game basically patting yourself on the back of, like, well, we played well in Baylor and we had a chance to win. Like, how dangerous is that? I think Especially with a team that just can't shoot the ball like for extended periods of time yeah i think that can be dangerous but the vibe that we got from practice on thursday was one of they didn't feel pat themselves on the back hey we played well they were frustrated because they felt they should have won in waco christian doolittle he, he said his biggest takeaway watching the film back from waco was they should have won their rebounding in the first half was inexcusable and they looked motivated and ready to Hit, hit the floor again and prove that this rebounding thing, they can adjust it, they can fix it. So I think that given the right circumstances, to your point, it can be dangerous, but I think it's almost motivated them more and given them a little more confidence to be a little more brazen offensively despite the fact that they've struggled at times. And, I mean, look, you go to the Baylor game, Austin Reeves was 3 of 17 in that game, Kristen Doolittle was 4 of 14. So, I mean, I think there are some minor reasons for optimism, right? Because, I mean, we, we talk about this in, in NBA games a lot. They can't shoot that badly all the time. Well... Uh, <laughs> Unless they're the Thunder in the postseason last well, year. Here, here, John. <laughs> Christian Doolittle has been an interesting case. He's kind of the uh, the motor that makes the engine run. You know, um, in the Kansas game, his worst shooting night, he's the one that basically got schemed out of the game. Same thing in Baylor. Um, but he has improved at passing out of the low post, things like that. In the TCU game, TCU tried to uh, guard him the same way Kansas did, and he just shredded them from the low post, passing out. Austin Reeves is a different case, however. Um Jerry, I know that you are the banner member of the Austin Reeves fan club. I've been hesitant, and since Big 12 play, Austin Reeves has been not good. He's not been good. Not he, good. Uh, he obviously had the three-point opportunity at the end of the Baylor game to win it, and uh, in Austin Reeves' fashion, instead of setting his feet, you know, just, you know, doing what you should do, he tries to fade away, draw the contact. He's more interested in being James Harden than uh, just making the baskets right now, but Austin Reeves can still pull it back. In the non-conference, he flashed some ability to get to the rim, um, draw some contact. I think that he's just having to adjust to the fact that once you get into conference play, the refs aren't going to give you those easy fouls where you just jump into somebody and throw a ball up and hope for the best. So I think if he just kind of gets his mind right and says, I'm just going to go back to doing what I do best, shooting from the three-point line, and then that opens up the ability to give a little pump fake, dribble move, get to the rim, I think he can get it back. But uh, Brady Manick, however, has been shooting great the last two or three games. Talking to Ryan Chapman, uh, who covers the OU Sooners for us and uh, also an adjacent franchise Thunder insider. Uh, great point with Brady Manick, and there's some sunshine there. This guy's been lighting it up and filling it up. Absolutely. And Brady, I think that Brady's even harder to what? scheme out. <laughs> Brady you're, Manick. You refer been... to him as Manick. I am Brady here. <laughs> I'm sorry. The one without the hair. The Brady with no hair. <laughs> Brady go. with the buzz cut. Um, He's a lot. He's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a Beyonce song? Yes. Brady with the buzz cut. Yes. He's a lot harder to scheme out of the game just because Manic excels in the catch and shoot opportunities, and since the reintroduction of Harmon into the starting lineup, I think it's no coincidence that Brady Manic's shooting numbers have gone up since him and Harmon have been playing on the floor at the same time. Harmon is really great at he he sometimes uh, 
goes into the lane a little brazen. You wonder what, where the heck's this going, and then Brady Manick standing all alone in the corner, and Brady Manick has been very efficient shooting the three, especially out of the corner. This is something that we've kind of seen his whole career. He's hot and cold. Well, he's hot right now, um, just off getting his 1,000th point as a Sooner. We'll see if he can continue that going into the rest of conference play. Brady Manick, he's so hot right now. He's so hot. <laughs> the buzz cut is so fetching, Norman. We are so sophomoric on this. Can we not have a professional conversation about the 7th, 6th place Oklahoma no, Sooners No, right we now? cannot. That's, uh, but, but that's kind of where, you know, where they are right now. And uh, can you tell us about some of the other guys that we don't know about? We obviously know about the big two and a half. Yes. I mean, Doolittle, Manic, been doing great stuff. Reeves, unfortunately, has made a name for taking the big shots, maybe not knocking them down. Who are some of the other guys like that are contributing right now uh, for Long Cougars team? Okay, so the bit, I'm going to go with my big three off the bench. The first one, Kerr Quaith, 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 whatever. Oh, Longar, Longar. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> yes, Longar, Longar 2.0 has, <laughs> has the stone hands of Longar, Longar, but... <laughs> Kerr is really the only center that the Sooners have. He's the only true center they have. And in the Baylor game, he's come in. He's only given them 8 to 10 minutes at a time. Um, sometimes he gets lost defensively when uh, the Sooners get a little switch happy, which is why I think his limits are his minutes are limited right now. But Kerr comes in and gives great physicality off the bench. He's the only true rim protector the team has. And then two of the freshman forwards. Jalen Hill and Victor Uakor. They both come in, and right now their offensive games need some development. But these guys are rangy, they're long, they're really athletic. And when they go out on the floor, you can tell they are scrapping for those leftover minutes on the defensive end of the floor. They make things happen. Victor Uakor is the one that came in in the second half of the Baylor game and really helped short up the rebounding for the Sooners. Came in, he actually boxes out novel idea maybe the rest of the team should try that but he came in boxed out and that's when the Sooners actually made their final little run to get back into the game and Waco is when Victor came in and shored up things um, on the defensive boards but uh, Jalen Hill Victor Uakor length the length for days Jalen Hill as you can see he's settling in he's doing a much better job of getting to the rim his shot isn't there yet but you hope that if they continue to grow and he becomes more confident maybe those will start falling for him remember Oklahoma takes on Mississippi State at Chesapeake Arena uh mainly the reason why we're here at Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Cord Hotel SEC Big 12 Challenge and uh Kind of tell us who Mississippi State has coming in that's going to present problems for OU. Okay, so the big guy that Mississippi State has coming in, Reggie Perry. He's a forward, big, big 6'10". He leads the team in points and rebounding. He's averaging about 17 and 10. He's going to present a huge problem, and he's a huge reason why the Mississippi State Bulldogs come in as not just one of the best rebounding teams in the country, but specifically one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. So this is where the Sooners are really going to get to put their money where their mouth is that's where they struggled in Waco. That's why they lost the game. They need to make the adjustments on the boards to come in. Now, Mississippi State also has a pair of guards in Carter and Woodard that give them great minutes off the bench or from the jump. They've got one guy that comes in off the bench, but that's where Mississippi State kind of tails off is they're very thin. They've got some bigs behind Perry that are big, but not the most skilled. They just kind of are big bodies in the way. But the offensive glass is really where this game is going to be won or lost for the Sooners. And it'll be interesting to see after all week they've been preaching on they need to improve the rebounding. Really all season they've been preaching on that. This is where Oklahoma has a chance to put their money where their mouth is. This is a team that outside of Perry is not really going to hurt them on the second chance points if they can't get the offensive boards or the defensive boards. But that's the improvement you need to see today out of Oklahoma. Who's, who's, the, uh, who's the best player ever to come out of Mississippi State playing the NBA? Oh, we said this last uh, yesterday on my show, and I still can't remember. 
Uh, I, the, realistically, there's probably two guys that would come to mind. What do you got? Prescott. Huh? Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely him. Uh, how about Jeff Malone? Remember Jeff Malone? Oh, my gosh, yes. Mississippi State Bulldog. Widow's Peak. Yep. Oh, but the guy was an incredible shooter. When did he play? Yeah. Uh, okay. In the 80s. It was okay. before you came along. Yeah. yeah. Eric Dampier. Oh. Didn't OU play Mississippi State in a tournament? Was it OU or OSU? I remember them going up against Dampier. I think it was OSU, and I think it was I think like one you're of those, right. Yeah, one of those really. Uh, did, he, did he win the championship with Dallas or no? Uh, or was he right around there? What happened? No, he was traded because uh, Tyson Chandler. Okay, came there you in. go. And Rodney Hood also had a moment Boys at Mississippi Hood. State. All right, Good so, film. I, so I need a, I, I, I need a. Is, who is it? Is it Dampier? Is it Rodney Hood? Or is, is it, it Bailey Howell who played in 1959? <laughs> cool. I recognize one of those names, so I'm gonna go Rodney Hood. <laughs> I'd, go with ba- I'd go with Bailey Howell. Just My, we're same age. Minor news. <laughs> minor news. Isaiah Roby did pass his physical with the Thunder. Oh, thank goodness! Which is significant because uh, well, he does have huh. plantar fasciitis. Is that how you say it? Plantar ready. Rashid yeah. Wallace had it. Real quick, Matt Burton, could we set this up right? There's breaking news. So can we at least do this correctly, Brady? Once again, the professionalism is just flying out the window. There we go. So um, Tim McMahon reported earlier today, he covers the Mavericks and the Rockets for ESPN, that uh, Isaiah Roby was um, taking his physical with the Thunder because the the whole Willie Cauley-Stein trade couldn't go down unless Isaiah Roby passed his physical. And he just tweeted out that everything's clear now. The Mavs-Warriors trade is about to happen. So Isaiah Roby, officially a part of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ooh. He was just here with the Texas Legends. Yeah. You guys have the parade route planned yet? No, that's the morning the show. Eddie thing. Yeah, that's the morning show stuff. Let them let them worry about the semantics of that. Uh, real quick, while you're here, I, you know, and you do cover Oklahoma and Big 12, and guys, we can all jump in on this. Uh, kind of your thoughts on um, the gold standard of the Big 12 in basketball, Kansas, uh, just turning college basketball into a laughingstock brouhaha uh, as they throw hands and stools at the Kansas State Wildcats uh, in an absolute embarrassment. And I think the Jayhawks should be uh, kicked out of the Big 12. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that everyone's blown this a little bit out of proportion. Here's why. The Royal Rumble is this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And there, so, so are the Grammys. And there's an absence at the top end of the card. Who's going to go after Brock? Who's going to go after <laughs> Mr. Bork Lesnar? And so I think that it's uh, only fitting that D'Souza said, hey. He entered his name. He entered his name. <laughs> he did it a little more unconventionally than some of the other WWE superstars. But uh, he said Edge is going to be there. He's old. I can make this happen. I. It is what it is. I don't understand where the animosity comes in like i know it's a rivalry game but after you've won by like what was it a 20 point game at that point i get the chasing down the block can we just end the uh token white dude stealing the ball at the end of the game while someone's trying to dribble out and (laughs) go to the other end i'm tired of seeing this monmouth started this trend and it needs to end but i mean it is what it is and and like you said we should just kick all kansas schools out of the big maybe we should just uh the Big 12 Conference as a whole should just dissolve because of this. and uh, Go Oklahoma, back to the Big 8. And Oklahoma should go somewhere else. Here, here. This conference is boring. D'Souza is a Serbian for Kristich, by the way. I don't know if you knew that or I not. I did not no, know if that. You, if you do translation in Google uh, because of all the chair throwing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got to do with that chair. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Appreciate everything you do for us. Uh, you'll be covering the Sooners. Follow him. At Radio's Ryan. All right. On the Twitter. And, of course, the game recaps will be on thefranchiseok.com. 
as always, go give everything we've got on the website a nice little read. Look at you. All right. 1077, the franchise 1079 in Tulsa. Uh, we are at Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Court Hotel getting ready for the matchup with OU and Mississippi State. Uh, we just had brunch. That's why everybody sounds so lethargic. Uh, but we will give you an extra 30 minutes as we get back, as we break down what happened last night to the Thunder, where they're going from here, and all kind of great stuff. You're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. Oh. Sweet. <laughs> We're doing it again. Can we not do this? This is my favorite band. It's a music bed. This it's is my favorite band be, of all time. It's supposed to be behind us. Guys, they just won uh, like person of the year at the Music Cares. Uh, How can last they night? win person of some, the year? Some, like, some people might be listening to us in bed. Careful with your, uh, Aerosmith is there. one person. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the difference between the producers on the show, <laughs> Jerry and Ryan, and Matt. Shout out Matt and back that uh, the three of us aren't singing over our beds. Yeah. Excuse me, I am a producer, and I always sing. <laughs> uh, and then, too, you are a sucker for Aerosmith. Yes. Even though they are nostalgic and garbage. They're going to be performing tomorrow at the Grammys, and you better believe I'm going to be watching. I, I will be fired up for that. because I'm extremely excited. My boys are coming out of wherever the heck they've been the last who, few years. Who? Run DMC. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. They're still alive? Yes. Oh. No, actually, only, yeah, uh, one, one didn't make it. Enough on <laughs> Madison, how would you grade my rendition of what it takes? It was I, good. Good? Yeah, it was good. Did you karaoke what it takes? No, I uh, I sang it on the Russell Westbrook Comes Back podcast. So. Which podcast is that? OKC82, which is also <laughs> which this is show. this one? Because guess what? We forgot to podcast the game last night. You know what was funny, though? Brady and I were walking to our cars, <laughs> and Brady said, all right, Madison, I'll see you at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I knew in my head, I was like, we haven't podcasted, but I was like, yep, see you in the morning. <laughs> well, you knew? We've done, we've done over 200 episodes, and you knew? Yes, Brady. I was exhausted last night, so I wasn't going to argue. <laughs> we made a commitment. You're going to make a great wife someday. Thank uh, you. 107.7 of the franchise. 107.9 in Tulsa. It is the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. I am TV's Jerry. That is Brady Trantham. That is Madison Morris. And we are joined uh, in proxy of John Ham by Ryan Chapman for another Here's segment. Uh, new adjacent Franchise Thunder yeah. Insider. Thank you so much for joining us. And also uh, the exclusive. We've annexed Ryan Chapman. <laughs> coverer of of OU basketball. There's two credentials. Yes. Get there, there are two seats. You guys, you guys should like rub your credentials together, see what happens. Never. <laughs> never Ew. cross streams. Never. We're waiting for the moment the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes. <laughs> that on Ghostbusters. But uh, Ryan joins us for another segment as we talk about last night. The Oklahoma City Thunder uh, just scooted by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and actually it was. It was a one-possession game late in the game. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder put on the Jets. The Atlanta Hawks could not, uh, and the uh, Thunder ended up scoring a season-high 140 points, 140 to 11, 111. Uh, Brady, last night with the Oklahoma City Thunder, it just looked like a children's party. You know, somebody hit the pinata somewhere in the fourth quarter, and everybody had fun. It was all yep. great time. Um how much of this can sustain? Like, how much of the, how much can these guys actually play this well together? The chemistry is just fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, we're 45, 46 games into the season, so I think at this point it's fair to say, like, going into particular games, okay, the Thunder should win. I have the expectation that they should win this game because 
this far into the season, we've seen the Thunder are a better team than their opponent. So if they lose, we, we all go on the postgame show and go, that was disappointing, like I did not see that coming. We're that we're that far into that se- into the season now, and the roster is intact. Like we can like the trade deadline is yet to come and pass yet, so there is still that factor out there. But I mean, it seems like the Thunder could potentially ride with this team as the season um, past the trade deadline. So at this point, like yes, they this is sustainable, and especially if you look at their schedule in the next two to three weeks, it's it's very there are a lot of like every game is winnable. Like they're playing teams that. They are probably better than it, except for probably Dallas because they're technically ahead of them in the Western Conference standings. And Luka Doncic is, I mean, he's Luka Doncic. But, I mean, this far into the season, the, the Thunder are what they are. They're a very good team. And there are not a lot of very good teams in the NBA. There are elite teams. There are a few very good teams. And everybody else is trash. Yeah, and kind of like a consistent thing that people have been asking these guys, especially after games, someone even asked Billy Donovan this last night, is just, are you guys enjoying just playing together right now are you guys enjoying where you are in the season kind of what's uh what's like the energy inside the locker room when you guys are in practice like all of that and everybody said you know it's all about that chemistry that they've developed and chris paul has even said that yeah that's something that they were specifically zoned in on especially in training camp and billy donovan said that exact same thing because the roster was completely different and they had so many new guys coming in that was pretty much something they zoned in on from the get-go and i think that's shown just because they are enjoying it you've seen times where like uh, Nerland Noel will get like a good lob and they'll all be like slapping him on the back and then Shea Gildas Alexander made a really cool play last night and uh, he immediately was just smiling he's enjoying it out there Ryan uh, you just joined coverage with us uh, like full time uh, for just a little bit now um, you didn't get to just kind of follow the development of all this when you started following the Thunder though uh, as deep as you are now what what surprises you the most about the chemistry and, and some of the things so I watching the thunder from afar the last few years it's been one of those things where with uh westbrook you're always worried it seemed you were worried about how the young guys were going to perform when they have to step into these roles chris paul seems to be so welcoming and as this speaks to the chemistry that when they step in not only are they playing well but they're empowered and emblazoned with some confidence and this is something i saw in the fourth quarter last night that these young guys aren't just trying to dribble the the possession out and kill off the game uh, quite frankly bob stoops would be ashamed of what happened last night <laughs> Baisley was trying to get to the rim in the last two or three minutes of the game still trying to prove that hey i deserve more minutes i'm confident and i think that's been the big difference from what i've seen in the past out of the thunder and this thunder team is these young guys feel comfortable stepping in they feel confident and they're not just saying oh crap I need to make sure I don't screw this up. They're saying, I'm going to be a part of this team. I'm going to be a cog in what we are doing here, and I'm going to contribute as opposed to just trying to walk the tightrope of, don't notice me, I'm out here to play my five minutes and then get back to the bench. Uh, Looking at the schedule uh, for the rest of the month here, like we said, we've talked to a bunch about uh, Carl in Minnesota tonight. Uh, Like I said, tip-off at 7, countdown to tip-off from 6 to 7. Let's get into uh, Pudgio Luca. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. Fat Euro. He's Luka Doncic showing up <laughs> on Monday. And I hate uh, that. this is real. I mean, honestly, this is a matchup between two playoff teams. Madison, I'll let you yep. start here. Two playoff teams uh, that have a little bit in common. Yeah, no, I think that this these teams are very similar just because I think the talent's just about the same. However, with the Thunder, I I know that they're behind uh, the Mavericks in the standings and everything, and that makes sense just because Dallas has got they've gotten some really good wins. They've been playing really hard, but I I kind of said this last week. 
Luca is pretty much the primary source of why they're so successful, and it's kind of like how Oklahoma City has been the past couple of seasons. Everyone looked at the Thunder and said, oh, they're successful because of Russell Westbrook. They're successful because of um, just like the correlation between Westbrook and uh, Paul George the past two seasons. And I kind of think that's what's going on in Dallas right now because you have guys like Steph, or no, not Steph, Seth Curry, who are, who's making like really good shots, very timely shots because he's a great shooter. Then you guys, you have guys like Luka Doncic, and he's just this freak of nature player who's able to do some pretty incredible things. Now they have Kristaps Porzingis back, and like he's not the most dominant player out for Dallas right now, but he's still a great center. He's a tall guy. He's able to get what he wants. And then you also have guys like Maxi Kleber who are able to get really good shots. And so it's like Dallas, yeah, they're well-rounded, but I still think that they're a little bit more um, primarily led by one guy. I think Oklahoma City is the more well-rounded team. And, I mean, New Year's Eve, they got the good win over Dallas, so you never know what's going to happen on Monday. Yeah. Is there a better well-rounded player than Luka <laughs> uh, Doncic? Jokic? Yeah, yeah, he's another well-rounded player. He's another player. Euro, so yep. <laughs> that oh. makes sense. They eat well in Eastern Europe, apparently, in the former <laughs> former Soviet Union. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be... Interesting to see how Dallas plays out because of what you said, Madison. They are pr primarily led by Luka Doncic. Like, he's good with the ball in his hands, and he's incredibly ball-dominant. But, I mean, obviously so. He's incredible. But that's easier to stop. I mean, we saw for two years or three years with Russell Westbrook leading the Thunder, um, you can actually just go into a game and say, you know what, he's going to get his, stop everybody else. Christos Porzingis, he's been inconsistent this year, and that's obviously so. He's coming back from injury playing a little bit of a different role on a, a franchise that actually wants to win. Uh, so a lot of new things for him. But every, him and everybody else, you could actually go scheme and game plan, say we can stop him and let Luka just do do his thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how Dallas finishes out this season uh, because, again, it's not really out of the realm of possibility that the Thunder could climb up to the standings and steal the fifth seed. And if they beat Dallas on Monday, uh, they will, I believe, have the uh, – is that – is that – do they only play three times this year, or do they play four times? I believe they only play three. Yeah, so if they beat them Monday night, they'll have the um, the tiebreaker on them, which could be important as the season progresses. I, I think the biggest difference coming down the stretch here is the veteran leadership of Chris Paul. He's been through the troves of the home stretch trying to position yourself for playoff seating. I think that being able to lean on that as the voice in the room as well as your guy that you want to lead on your front foot with I think that will be ultimately what carries the Thunder over the Mavericks down the stretch. Because as everyone here has said, the talent is similar. And with the Mavericks, you're leaning on Luka. But I think that having that veteran leadership, being in a playoff battle, position battle, going down the stretch, I think that will give Oklahoma City the edge over the Mavericks. Does anybody here at the table have a pitfall? Besides you two, Madison and Brady, because... You two's here? The, you Listen, you two are going to <laughs> it be is a beautiful day. doing the Sacramento and Phoenix post games. Ooh. Which start time for those nine o'clock and eight o'clock? Uh, so wake up, Oklahoma! It will be late night. Talk to us at midnight with Madison and Brady. Uh, we can say whatever we want that late. Uh, you true. know what? I tried it for years. And the FCC goes to sleep at some point. <laughs> Listen, you're absolutely correct, and no one will care. Uh, but <laughs> no, but you guys, you know, you will be doing these late night, uh, uh, these late night post games. And one thing I would always do whenever I thought about doing late night post games is the last thing I wanted to do was have to talk about boring games. Uh -huh. So then a part of you in your heart hopes that Sacramento, who just moved Buddy Heel to the bench, by the way, Yikes. <laughs> and Phoenix, who just had their uh, their uniforms stolen by the Orlando Magic. <laughs> um, don't, yeah, they don't, did. don't you secretly hope that there's some good games there, Brady? I mean, <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> I mean, from a post-game standpoint, I guess so. Um, but it is kind of nice to just go like, oh, one quarter, two quarters in. Okay, we know what we're going to say. Let's just relax. Because um, I'll just tell you this. Uh, doing the post-game shows for the team last year, where they would either be getting blown out the entire game and then come back and win randomly, that was always a little annoying. Because it's like, well, there is a story here, but we have to overshadow it with the fact that Russell Westbrook just hit a bunch of trash shots late. So <laughs> um, it just depends. Like, that late, I, I would like it to be just go take care of business, Oklahoma City. You're the better team. Do you see a pitfall anywhere, Sacramento, Phoenix? Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to be, like, a crazy exciting game in Sacramento. It might be in Phoenix just because the Suns are not terrible this season. Um, I mean, they're still not making a lot of noise, so Oklahoma City should be able to properly handle the, uh, both of those games with ease. We'll see, though, because what Brady said uh, a few segments back, there's no easy road games in the NBA. And so I think uh, the Thunder the Thunder is going to have their challenge cut out for them pretty much both games. Uh, obviously, I think that it's going to be basically me and Brady just saying, hey, that was a decent showing by the Thunder. They won the game. Ooh. Ryan, four games yes. uh, left this month. Minnesota, Dallas, Sacramento, and Phoenix. Give me a record. Two and two. Two and two. Two and two. Who do you have? Or, or do you even want to give it? You just know they're going to lose one of the road games. I believe that one of the Sacramento and Phoenix will be a split. And then I don't like their chances tonight just because, like Brady has said, big spot coming on back-to-back, a team that's on a big losing streak, the, a team that in the back of their mind Wiggins has had a lot of success against this Thunder team. So maybe in the back of his mind he's thinking this is where we get right, we can do this. Um, that is where I would be concerned as a Thunder fan. All right. Great stuff. Madison, you're going to go about your business. Ryan, you're going to go over to the Chesapeake Arena and start covering the Sooners. Uh, that leaves you and I, Brady, to enjoy the rest of this brunch as we go forward. One Yay. more segment left. Uh, appreciate everybody. And John Hamm, uh, obviously, on his way home uh, doing what he does. Uh, this extra 30 minutes brought to you uh, from Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Court Hotel as we prepare for the SEC Big 12 Challenge at the Chesapeake Arena. Remember, coverage starts at 1230 with Toby Rowland and Kevin Henry getting it done. Uh, and the Sooners tip off at one o'clock. Brady, when you and I get back, let's uh, let's talk a little N- N- NBA. How's that sound? Oh, let's do it. All right, you're listening to the Thunder Franchise Insiders on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. The Franchise Thunder Insiders taking you all the way up to coverage of OU basketball, OU and Mississippi State today at the Chesapeake Arena, SEC Big Twelve uh, Challenge Series matchup contest. And like I said, warfare. Uh, I mean, the Oklahoma Sooners defense probably will not give up 70. Uh, the basketball team won't as compared to the OU football team that uh, last time they played the SEC. Yeah, Joe Burrow can't hurt us anymore. Just, uh, he's, he's gone now. He is gone. He's so. going to Cincinnati to go get his, his comeuppance. Listen, all you people out there that uh, maybe I'm not your favorite guy, you know, like how could these people stand to hang out with them? It happened today. Uh, we went from John Hamm and Madison Morris and Brady Trantham. And to, then there were two. Yes, <laughs> to Madison Morris and Brady Trantham with Ryan kind of helping out to now it's just Brady Trantham. Yeah. I guess two and a half hours is a lot to ask to hang out with me. No. No, no, not at all. It, it, it's the Hawks game. It was, just, it was all we had to do was talk about the Hawks, and it's like, oh man, they're so bad. Uh, let's look. Let's look around the NBA real quick, and the All Stars. Uh, the All Stars were named uh, East Coast and West Coast, uh, if you will. Uh, Great Plains. That's right. The West Coast is the best coast. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to Tupac, well, I mean, if you used to listen to Tupac, you can't do it now. He's gone. <laughs> um, but whenever you look, did you have any problems with the Jimmy Butler? 
not in Trey Young and any of that stuff. I mean, I was a little shocked that Trey was named a starter just because, like, you can't really have a set criteria for every player. Like, you ha- you can only be an All Star if X Y if you check X Y and Z. And it's unfair because every player on on every different team has a different situation about them. But it does it does get to a point where okay, the Hawks just haven't won any games this year. So from that standpoint alone, I was a little shocked that they named Trey Young a starter. But you look at the numbers, you look at the impact that he has, and with what he's working with and what he's able to accomplish, okay, like I, I can buy All-Star because when you think of the All-Star game, you think of a talent like Trey Young because we talked about this on this show over the last few weeks. Who's more of an all-star this season, Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook? Well, when you think of all-star game, you say Russell Westbrook. When you like really look at the numbers and the team win impact, you have to go Chris Paul in that respect. But, again, it's the all-star game. Trey Young deserves to be there. Eastern all-stars are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Uh, out of all those, one, Kimba Walker sort of is intriguing to me. Uh, I think the only reason he gets in is because he has a Boston Celtics uniform. If he still had a Charlotte Hornets uniform on with the same numbers, I don't think he gets it. Yeah, it's the team win impact. Now, like, because, like, an, another example that I could use in comparison to the Russell-Chris Paul thing would be my, my thing was, like, is it Trey Young or Kyle Lowry? You, you think of Kyle Lowry, you don't think, oh, yeah, he's definitely a shoe-in all-star. But if you look at how the Raptors have performed this season, especially that three-week period where they didn't have Pascal Siakam, who's a starter, Kyle Lowry kept that team afloat, and they won at a high clip. And so to me, that just that was, in my opinion, I thought if it were up to me, I would have slid in Kyle Lowry as a starter. But, again, Trey Young deserves to be there. But, um, I mean, no, I mean, it, deserving candidates. And at the end of the day, you can't really be mad with your – your starting five. I mean, you're talking about you have to name 10 of the best players in the NBA and you have 20 to pick from. I, yeah. I, I think you're you're doing a great job and you can't say that somebody isn't deserving at all because they're all deserving. Uh, it's just fun to kind of see that stuff. And a guy that also that I've loved watching uh, just keep going is Pascal Siakam. And uh, just as an NBA fan, uh, we can both sort of like love this guy. But still, I don't think that... Uh, the national audience, I don't think that uh, casual fans really have a feel for what Pascal Siakam to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing in Toronto will do that. And then also being second or third fiddle to um, Kawhi Leonard in the finals last year. I mean, that'll also do that because, I mean, I think people obviously remember Kawhi. But I guess the next guy you remember <laughs> from the Raptors championship run is Fred Van Vliet. Yep. And we all knew that, like, he's just on one. Like, this is not sustainable by any means. But at some point, he's going to come back down to earth. But I think with Pascal Siakam, his game also isn't very, like, appealing to the eye. Like, <laughs> if you like basketball, like, I love watching him play because he does a lot of sneaky stuff, like, off ball. Um, but it doesn't really jump out at you. You're not going to, like, scour the Internet for, like, a – Pascal Siakam mixtape. Mix tape, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not going to like, oh, my God, look at this Russell Westbrook mixtape. It's not the same type of player, but he still has the impact of a winning type of player. And, I mean, can, do you think if, if the Raptors were just a little bit better, like he would, in my opinion, if he hadn't missed those three weeks, he'd be very much in the MVP uh, candidacy or in that race. I don't think he'd win it. I don't think he'd deserve to win it. But uh, he's that type of player. He, he brings that type of impact to Toronto. Well, to bring where the Toronto Raptors are, and they did lose Kawhi, which is a huge piece, the fact that he just sort of stepped in as that number one yeah. guy, that speaks a lot to maybe him being an MVP of the league. And it, it really starts to ramp up here after All-Star break, the yeah. MVP talk. So. Yeah, but, and to a lower level, that, that's what we're all expecting at whenever this time 
time comes that to S for SGA to do yeah, that. Yep. Now, like you can look at Pascal Siakam with Kawhi Leonard. That's where he learned how to win big time basketball games on the biggest stage. You hope SGA takes those same lessons from Chris Paul as we move forward. Uh, LeBron James is the captain of the Western All Stars. LeBron James still playing basketball at a All Star captain level. Yep. Uh, this has been amazing. Leading the league to in watch. Uh, if there was no such thing as Twitter, I believe that LeBron James would still be considered. You know, in a conversation with Michael Jordan, I know what I'm getting into. I don't want to open that up. It's in the conversation. There's no problem with that. This guy, as much as he's taken care of his body, as much as he's been on the high level of basketball, uh, what can you say about LeBron James now that no one else has said? You can't. I mean, yeah, you can't. I mean, it's exactly what you pointed out. I mean, at some point, Father Time is undefeated at the end of the day, but uh, it doesn't seem to apply at this point with LeBron James, and it's not really stopping anytime soon. I mean, um, I, I know there's a lot of talk out there that the Lakers might want to make a tr- move or two. They could very well win a championship convincingly with this group that they have, and a lot of it is just from LeBron James. I mean, yeah, that, having Anthony Davis is great, and that certainly helps. Having like Danny Green, like high-end level role players, certainly helps as well. And Thunder fans should understand very very well that the Lakers are also very deep and have a lot of vets that they can depend upon. But it all it's, it begins and ends with LeBron James, and um, maybe you know I was a little overly critical of him last season because it's just never a good look when you as a superstar punt on a year. Yep. Like, I know that every situation, every season is different, and in the long run, it's probably good for his you know his health, his his physicality. To basically punt on a year, but it, it was just hard to see in the short term, but it's paying dividends this season. I think Kevin Durant and LeBron James kind of did the same thing in different ways. Can't win with these cats. I mean, Golden State's doing it right now. But can't win with these cats. Remember that? Yeah. That's the burner account that Kevin Durant did, right? So what do you do? He left. Okay? He left. He went to go win with other cats. LeBron James says, can't win with these cats. Trade them. That's right. <laughs> he stays with the organization and just has the organization trade and basically what new orleans now is the landing spot for hart and for ingram and just some of the lonzo ball uh guys that lebron couldn't win with yeah so i that year that you said he redshirted or punted or, or whatever you're gonna say i agree but he made the commitment to the lakers and the lakers made the commitment to him and got rid of him i think yep. kevin durant was trying to say that he couldn't win with some guys and you know the thunder were like well these are our guys and he said huh see ya yeah i mean yeah I mean, I, I don't know. It, again, it's just it's just hard to see a player of that caliber just not go all out. But again, that was his, is, that was is, his 16th year. By this the way. is the, I was going to say this is the real world. Like you don't just get to be you don't turn off injuries. You, you you don't turn off stamina. Like these guys are human beings, and they have to preserve their their bodies as the season wears along. You know, we all sit and complain about load management, but it is important. Like, do you want to see? Like 80% Kawhi Leonard in the finals? Do you want to see 75% LeBron James? Or do you want to see, like, damn near healthy LeBron or Kawhi Leonard? At the end of the day, like, you want to see healthy LeBron and Kawhi in the postseason. So punting on certain teams, punting for, like, a portion of the season is kind of important, even though we hate it in the short term. We only got a couple of minutes left, but it looks like Chris Paul's going to make the All-Star team. I mean, we saw the the picks on TNT, and we saw, you know, Kenny and Charles and everybody uh, pick – Chris Paul as one of the reserves. That doesn't mean anything per se, but what that tells me is there's a national uh, narrative out there that Chris Paul is an all-star. Yeah, I mean, if somebody would have told you, like, hey. You guys got one minute left, by the way. 
Sorry. If, if, some, if somebody told you, that the, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, if somebody told you the Thunder are going to have an All Star this season back in July, would, would you have thought, man, SGA like really makes a leap quickly? Like not Chris Paul. It, it speaks to not just the individual talent of Chris Paul, but the, the team success. And that's the that would to, to me that would have been the surprising thing back in July. I would have think, oh my God, there's so many injuries in the NBA this year. <laughs> Look what happened. And I actually kind of did. Oh, darn. Yeah. Uh, 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Brady, thank you so much thank you. for sticking around. Uh, the Franchise thank you, Flint. Thunder is Thunder's Insiders, uh, always having a great time here on Saturday. Uh, Flint, thank you so much for taking care of us this week. Get out here. Great brunch, great breakfast, and great lunch. All of it uh, was great. Uh, get out here. Dinners are fantastic. That's where we have our post and pregames here also. So, Matt Burton back in studio. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stick around. OU versus Mississippi State on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in